Aquí estamos, mi amigos. Happy Cinco de Mayo, baby. Yeah. Ah, there it is. Uh, happy Cinco de Mayo. Obviously, a celebration. Now, if I was to go into a full monologue about what Cinco de Mayo is, it stands for, and how everybody celebrates Cinco de Mayo, I would be an asshole, but I would like to say to everybody out there that's util utilizing this day to maybe go get some uh, margaritas. What? With sugar. What? Or salt. What? Or cervezas. What? More specifically. What? Modelo. What? What? Maybe a Yinzerita. What? Take an icy light, put that thing in a margarita. Hell yeah, what? Like what do you got? Happy St. Go to Mayo. What? Anyways, I hope you guys have an incredible day. Thank you so much for joining us here on this beautiful Thursday. Happy St. Go to Mayo. We will enjoy some Terramana. Hell yeah. Nejo. Ooh. Love the Nejo. That's good stuff. I, you know, I'm going to be honest, not a big tequila guy. Last time I drank tequila, 100 shots of them, and oh, yeah. then I ended up in uh, jail. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Then. But every once in a while, I'll dab with a margarita. Thank you, Terramana. Dwayne Johnson. It is incredibly smooth. Oh, my so God. Smooth. Delicious. So smooth. Oh, thank you, Rock. Happy to go to Mayo. This is not a commercial for Terramana, but everything's a commercial for Terramana if it's this damn good. Yeah, yeah oh I got that right. Oh Tell you what, after work today, you go to fucking Applebee's, get yourself some Terramana fucking I, margarita. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Happy to go to Mayo, John. Doing it right. Uh, Applebee's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the bees, baby. They have the Terramana Margs there. They yeah. do. Well, Applebee's has got a lot of the goods, actually. Yeah. I mean, that was those apps, they had the half oh, price apps. Two for yeah. 20. That's oh. today. It's two for 20 Thursday, boys. Oh, my God. Applebee's. <laughs> With a Terramana. Listen, we should not be promoting Applebee's on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> no. Cinco de Mayo is like home, but. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. think about it. Delicious. Think there are empty, yeah, empty spots in the parking lot. This is not a commercial for Applebee's, by the way, but no. anybody that's ever been to a commercial would say, this should be a commercial for Applebee's. This place is fucking awesome. <laughs> what, I had the quesadilla burger? Oh, so good. Oh, oh my God. Go my <laughs> Applebee's oh, stopped yeah. doing commercials, too, so it would be nice just to promote them a little. Well, they stopped doing commercials because everybody knows at this point. Well, and True. because they <laughs> got <laughs> sent to break at the worst <laughs> possible time in the history of television. Little bit of yeah. yeah. Oh my god, the oh, panning of the war song. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the, the sirens. Uh, yeah. And a little bit of deer deer. Come on down. <laughs> Applebee's. Half off Apps Thursday. I forgot about that. That was just a few months ago. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Still happening. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. We'll continue to. But how about like I was looking at a, a piece of footage from this particular... Anyways, welcome to the show, okay? <laughs> JJ Reddick's going to be here. That's awesome. Thank 15 you. minutes. He trended yesterday, obviously, for going on the first take and doing what JJ Reddick has been doing on ESPN for the last, I guess, couple months now at this point. Everything he says on there is universally beloved by the internet, it feels yeah. like. Yesterday, took a shot at Chris Mad Dog Russo, Ooh. and that thing went wild on the internet. At least 10 million views in the clip that I seen. Who knows how many on every... Uh, that was just on Twitter, let alone other clips on Twitter, and probably on Instagram, TikTok, and everything like that. J.J. Reddick is a rocket ship right now in the sports media world. Can't wait to chat with him in about 14 uh, minutes. He also never missed a shot when he played it, too. Yeah, nope. pretty cool. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh -huh. Every time he stepped on in front of his Cameron Crazies mm -hmm. in the town of Shashevskyville, sure. he fucking just put the ball through the bucket. Yeah. Locked in. Locked and loaded. Great conversation. Can't wait to chat with him. Former NBA great, by the way. Been there. Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, is going to join us today. Now, he did a report about how the commissioner of the Pac-12 conference 
and Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, it's different down here. They are going to D.C. to meet with senators and lobbyists and things of that nature because the NIL is running wild with zero guardrails in place, it appears. Ross Dellinger, uh, amid unrest around NIL and college sports, Commissioner George Klefkoff. Yep. Nailed it. Nailed yeah. it. Just like Igor Shkorsky's Sh- 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 about to get his fucking ass beat tonight, dude. Boom. Penn's winning tonight. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Commissioner George Klivkoff and George uh, Greg Sankey are traveling to Washington, D.C. to meet with key U.S. senators on Thursday in a lobbying effort for federal legislation. And U.S. Senate aide tells uh, Sports Illustrated now, which is Ross Dellinger. He'll join us in the second hour to chat about everything that he knows in that. This is a big deal because I was watching a video a, a little bit over a year ago. It was like... Uh, April 10th or something like that, I forget, 2021, which is not that long ago in the grand scheme of the world. But so many things have happened since then. We actually chatted with Anthony Gonzalez uh, about this entire thing. He was at the time serving uh, the fine people of Ohio. That's right. In Senate, Congress. Congress. He was in Congress at the time. And he was pushing one of the first bills for the NIL stuff to kind of take place before, you know, this was even a real thing. He was kind of running with it and pushing it through D.C. He was the perfect fucking guy to do that. And then every single party that is in uh, politics hated him. Yeah. (laughs) Every single one of them. Yeah. He was, I believe he was a Republican. Mm -hmm. So the Democrats already hated him. Right. And then, boy, he became the target of Republicans, like campaigns. Yes, he did. So he was almost hated more by the Republicans than by the Democrats. And then the Green Party, they came in from the top row. Like, we fucking hate him. We don't like this guy either. We don't like him either. Everybody hated him. And he's now, he's retired from political. And by the way, as former teammate of his and friend of the show, Anthony Gonzalez, being for the, we're pretty happy he's back. Yeah. Just living, happy for you, Gonzo. Just living. Enjoy it. Just living his life now. But he would be the perfect human being to be in there to conversate about what this bill should be, what yeah. it shouldn't be. And he was trying to put some guardrails on it. And what he said, basically, in our conversation from April, April is exactly what's happening now. Can't wait for Ross to hear that and react to that with the news of today. And also, those commissioners are going right there. These motherfuckers make more money than us. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't, have it. can't have it. You and me both. What's your yearly salary, you senator guy? One point five million. No, like one hundred eighty thousand or something like that. Senator, like oh, okay. Million? I thought you were talking about the AD. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 not the no, AD. Right. Hey, you senator person. One fifty. One hundred fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. That's not even one deal for our fucking quarterback. <laughs> nope. Okay. He's getting three hundred thousand just from the Jiffy Lube down the t- uh, down the street down there, and we got venture capitalist money coming in basically every single school, and it's turning into just a free agency for some players. We can't have that. That's that'd be like. That's that would be capitalism. Yeah. We, we, we don't want. Can't do that. We don't want. Can't do that. We don't want capital. Do, do, do we want these these players to make and afford themselves an opportunity to garner a shit ton of cash more so than you? Look how hard we've worked for how long we've worked. Now these players are just going to be able to, to get recruited to play college. Well, these guys might not even play, Mm-mm. and they're also giving a scholarship to them. I mean, this is insane right now. We got to change this. I assume they'll find some guardrails in the middle because uh, Gonzo even does reference like, hey, this can't just become the only recruiting tool that some teams have. But why not? You yeah, know, that's I, hard. I, why, how are they going to stop it? You know, how will they stop it? Not 100% sure. We actually chatted for a couple years about it all. Like, uh, when I went down and called the University of Houston game, Dana Holgerson was the head coach. Mm -hmm. Dana Holgerson, formerly at West Virginia, 
He was at the University of Houston or whatever. Still down there, I think, by the way. Uh, him and Dor, who was a uh, former equipment manager who worked his entire way up. He's like the chief of staff or something up there. Uh, shout out to both of them. When we went down there and we chatted with them, they were talking about the NIL stuff. And they were like, hey, a lot of big companies around here. With They didn't say it, but the conversation around the entire program. It wasn't mm -hmm. like conversation with them, but it was with the program. They're like, hey, a lot of big money around here. So we're going to be able to get a lot of recruits with like, hey, um, if you sign here, we'll be able to get you like two signings at this car dealership uh, a year, and it'll be thirty thousand uh, dollars a signing for each one. So that's sixty grand just from this. Then uh, this company will have this. So, like, I think even from the beginning, it was going to be used as a recruiting tool. Yep. And now that it is actually just openly happening, where there isn't like a hey, here's a fake sponsorship that we can definitely provide you that we know will be there instead now it's just like hey we'll, we'll give you six hundred thousand dollars you come sign with us right yeah now. you don't have to do anything but sign your name on the thing or whatever <laughs> well let me, i got hold on now i got i got georgia tech online they're down there in atlanta they got coke and turner and yeah. what? Chick -fil -A. Chick -fil -A. they got they got waffle house down Home there Depot. Right. they got so i'm gonna give georgia tech a call real quick thank you so much for your offer Hey, Coach, what's going on, man? Uh, coach Collins or whatever. Yeah, they just offered me uh, five, six, seven, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever. You know, eight hundred thousand, nine hundred thousand. dollars they offered me. Oh yeah, we got a million for you down here. No problem. We just have like, uh, yeah, no problem at all. We got a million. Okay, hold that thought. I gotta call Houston real quick. Hey, Dana uh, and boys down there, mm -hmm. just got one point five two million dollar offer from Georgia Tech. What are you guys thinking of? Oh, we got this oil guy. Uh -huh. <laughs> hey, how about Easy. three three million dollars? That, that's no problem for you. Three million dollars. That's perfect. Go back to first school. Hey, I got three million dollars. Holy shit, we can't afford you. It sounds like <laughs> now you're right. Okay, so I'm gonna go to Houston then. That I think is just happening at a much more rapid rate now, and we're less than a year into this thing. I think it was predicted to be happening with like potential deals that they could definitely lock in. Now it's just signing bonuses as a whole. It's gonna get interesting. It's gonna get interesting because there's a lot of money in some places. Yeah, like some Con. USC. Yep. USC right now is gonna have probably. 11 millionaires starting on their offensive yeah. on their oh, yeah. offensive side. Mm -hmm. Okay? 11 millionaires. Which, by the way, fucking A, go get it. Mm -hmm. And if this generation can handle being millionaires in college and be good at football, more power through. I could yeah, not. I, that's off. I had $40,000 in loans that I got out just to have a good time, and I could mm -hmm. barely get through. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I couldn't imagine being a millionaire at this age, but that's what's going to happen, and we're going to start seeing it. I would assume the SEC isn't exactly happy because they've been paying guys a long time, allegedly, but now that other conferences are getting involved, I mean, there's going to be a lot of hip hypocrisy happening, I think, over the next couple of weeks, and we all have to remember that, but... Guys are going to get paid. Can't wait to talk to Russ. And then uh, Rupper will join us in the third hour to talk about the NHL because it's happening. Here we go. The Bruins. <laughs> oh, Bruins have the same amount of playoff wins as the Detroit Red Wings. That's fine. It doesn't matter because we've been a home team all year. We're coming back home to the toughest barn in the league because we know Vegas has been a fraud since they came into the goddamn Man. NHL. So I'm not worried about it. We're going to turn it around. Swayman will be in that tomorrow night. He will have a shutout He said this night. yesterday, so everything comes out of your mouth is potentially food game. Yeah, but then they explained on the broadcast, hey, you can't start swimming in his first playoff you know, game ever on the road because if he doesn't do well, how's he going to bounce back from Aww. that? He can't do it. He's going to do great hey, at home. That's literally what everybody else said whenever you said that Swayman yeah. was starting, though. That's what we got. To, we're trying to get back to is you announced him as the starter yeah, right. publicly to everybody. Coronation. Yeah. Supposed to be. 
Because you look at the guy and it's like, holy shit, we have a fucking brick wall in the net. Speaking of brick wall, Louis Domingue's Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We'll talk to Rupper about all this. He predicted the Penguins to lose tonight. Whoa. In New York, Son which, by the way, I think every Pens fan allegedly would be happy with a split on the road in the playoffs. Right. But we'll talk to Rupper, former Stanley Cup champion. Massive man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huge. Lumbering uh, gentleman. Oh, yeah. Very large man. Uh, which maybe. You should watch your tongue when you're talking to him or about him yeah. at Tone Diggs. I have never um, said one bad word about the man. I love the man. I just hate the city that he fucking comes from. Yeah, he said, though, every time he hears you talking about it, he feels like you're talking directly to him. So mm-hmm. he asks you to stop, and then you you continue to do Double such down. a thing. And his big, he's a big fucking guy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hockey guy, too. Hockey. Used to getting, like, literally punched in the face. Like, that's just a part of their whole thing. Oh, yeah, lads, we're punching. I promise I am not singling out one person in Cleveland. I am talking to every single human being in that so I guess I'm talking to every individual person. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He doesn't live in Cleveland anymore, right? Uh, talk no, to him. It's no, because why would Cleveland you? Jeez. Tony. Uh, Tony. Tony. There you go again. Yeah, and you wonder why he wants to knock your teeth out. He, he loves that city. He made money and he got the hell out of there like any sane person would do. Well, it would be a hell of a story, though, if Robert knocked me out. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would happen quick, I think. Yeah, yeah very I, quick. I do believe it would be pretty been quick. fucking waiting for AJ to do that to me for, I don't know, goddamn three years. Well, we never see him in person because he's always in there. Oh, that's right. Can't throw a punch. That is the thing about the modern generation is you can't throw a punch through the screen. Not yet. Which has gotten a lot of people fake tough. And then they're walking around, they're at sporting events. But that would have been a great tweet if this was on the internet. That was awesome. And then the thing about it is, like, instead of replies, ha ha, right hooks. See ya. Dudes are eating them. That's the difference. So you and AJ, I think if you were around each other on a more regular basis, would have already happened. I yeah, think. I'm hoping for it. I'm banking on it. Did you see the WWE, to your point, tweeted out a video of the man, Becky Lynch, walking in and some guy <laughs> booing her, and she stops and looks at him, and then he, he goes from this to, hey, 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 hey. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so sorry. so sorry. I did not think you would hear me. I thought I was at my house in my living room, still yelling at somebody. <laughs> it was me. It was me. I'm sorry. Hey, it's insane the WWE stuff. I was thinking about that with the Chappelle mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. situation. W. We are in front of a lot of people mm-hmm. every yeah. single week and have been for a long time now. So impressive that they just sell out fucking arenas, basically. Now, not everyone is a full sellout, but there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people at these live shows every single week, and it goes off, I think, pretty well. I mean, after like 30 years of doing it, it kind of a good flow and good show. Those things are incredible to go to. Yeah, Like the thought of that Chappelle thing happening, I was thinking about being in the audience and just like watching it, and I'd probably be, you know, I wouldn't. I probably no vitamins would have been consumed before that. It was in the Hollywood Bowl in California, yeah, going to yeah. a Chappelle show. Probably no. didn't smoke at all. No, no, you no way. Nah, probably never smoked going no, to that. in California. Probably everybody pretty not high as fuck at that no thing. Chance. No, 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 no. Everybody pretty sober. Yeah, they see that happen. Imagine your first thoughts like in real life, as opposed to watching from home. Like at home, you see something like that happen on the internet. You see something like that, but being live, what a wild experience! Like it had to. That had to be quite a night for yeah. the, the audience. I mean, we got like 55 different angles, so I guess people were just recording his entire thing, which I'm sure he's not exactly pumped about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, what a, that gun knife thing? Uh-huh. That shit was crazy. Was that? Insane. Fucking insanity. Yeah. You talk about that forever. I was there when that fucking guy, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, and with the WWE, that's why like when Seth Rollins, that guy tackled him when he was walking you know, back up the ramp into oh. the you know back. It was crazy to see, and it's wild that it doesn't happen more because of that i wonder if like uh 
I wonder if the security at that particular building where Seth Rollins got attacked saw what they were allowed to do to somebody. Oh. You know, because that Chappelle guy, <laughs> yeah. his head, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then he had a glove on, I believe, and it was attached to a, a, a wheeler or whatever, a bed, a hospital bed. He looked... Yeah. Exactly how you should look if you're that big of a jackass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should get your ass beat out there. Well, what a wild fucking world we're in right now. Well, I think with the WWE stuff, like especially because people who've watched it for so long that you kind of get lost in it and you maybe think like, hey, I could fucking shoot for his takedown on Seth Rollins. You never <laughs> see it coming. But you also see the other side of it when that guy bum rushed the stage at the Hall of Fame Bret on Hart. Bret Hart and they just beat the shit the, out of him. The you know? hell out of them. And I think it is that kind of stuff where it's like, okay, well, same deal. You know, like, yeah. The, it never ends well for the person. No, never. 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 repercussions. Could you imagine if somebody... Publicly? Yes. Public reper, uh, repercussions have yeah, to Yeah, then everyone would do it. You... I, I was listening to some comedian do a show. I, don't, I, I do remember who it is, but I don't want to put him on blast because I don't want people to think they're an asshole because nobody else in the theater took it as an asshole thing. But there was somebody heckling this one comedian. And instead, like, um, the comedian had been around a long time. Heckling the com- Not heckling, but like, hey, I love you. Like yeah. saying that, like, in the middle of stories mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's so interesting because it was a super positive thing. I love you. First couple, like, hey, uh, hey I appreciate you. Love you back. I'm kind of in the middle of something. You know, like, hey, there's like, uh, hey, we're doing this. We're doing this. Then, you know, like another one happened maybe like 15, 20 minutes later. Hey, calm down. Like five minutes later, something happened. It was a full, you need to shut the fuck up. Actually, we need to get you the fuck out of here. Nobody paid in this entire theater arena. Nobody paid to hear your fucking voice. People spent a lot of money, okay, to come to this. They probably won't. I'm probably never coming back. This is probably the first time and last time I'm being in the city for a long time, an entire generation. Nobody paid for you. So shut up, and they kicked the person out. And it was almost like a very, like, oh my God, it's a harsh thing. 100% right. Yeah. It was like nobody else talked the rest of the time. It was just like when I went to that, uh, that concert the other Oh, the Eagles. The Eagles concert, and I'd never been to, I've never sat front row or anything. It was uncomfortable when I'm allowed to stand and when I'm not allowed to stand because there was somebody right behind me that I was definitely blocking. Mm-hmm. I could barely see shit. They couldn't see shit. And then the singer, lead singer or whatever, who's also the drummer, goes, hey, everybody needs to sit the hell down, all right? Nobody paid to see your back. Like, I think that type of stuff, that's why the people that went to the Chappelle show, like, nobody paid to see a, a guy with a gun, like... I just hope that doesn't become a regular thing. Yeah. I hope that doesn't become a regular thing. Joining us now is a man that we need to see become a regular thing on TV every single day. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I think he is. I'm not 100% sure. I might have been a little (laughs) disrespectful, but it does feel as if he has come into full superstardom over the last couple months, especially as the NBA has continued to get more and more important. Ladies and gentlemen, Duke legend, NBA stud, host of the Old Man and Three podcast, and ESPN NBA pundit. JJ Reddick. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. And just to clarify, you know, I had a I had a very limited number of appearances this year in my one year contract with ESPN. So typically it was only once a week, but now that the playoffs had started. It's a, it's a few times a week, so okay. you'll probably be hearing more from me over the next month or so. Okay! And I wasn't disrespectful! Yeah, nice! All right, so my, I was accurately reading the situation. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good news. Uh, let's talk about yesterday we have to. Uh, obviously, you gave great basketball insight. 
hey, the NBA insight that you're given, I would listen to 10 times out of 10 over anybody else talking about it, other than the other guys that formerly played as well, because you've been there, you've done that. You dunked pretty hard mm -hmm. on Chris Mad Dog Russo yesterday. I seen one particular video on Twitter itself. It had over 10 million uh, views by like 6 or 7 p.m. yesterday. So that's that's probably at 11 million. There you go. Who knows how many other cut-ups or clips made it on Twitter. Then you factor in Instagram, all the different accounts on Instagram. Then you go TikTok. Uh -huh. That thing might have been seen 30 to 50 million times yesterday. You are like this right now. What was it like immediately after the show uh, with Chris Mad Dog Russo? So, and did you all know at the time, like, did Stephen A say, like, all right, that's going to be loud. Like, yeah, that, that one's going to go. Like, was that, what was the aftermath of that entire thing on set? First of all, what I love about First Take, and I, I, I thought I was going to be miserable doing that show, and it's actually my favorite. <laughs> Part of the reason is because I have no idea what's going to happen on any given day when I go on the show. I have no idea what kind of crazy shit Stephen A is going to say. And I certainly I've done done it with Mad Dog twice. Last time he said Bob Cousy was the uh, the best point guard of all time in the NBA, which I had to push back on on that quite a bit. Uh, only with facts. I, I, I debated him with facts. And then yesterday, of course, he made a comment uh, in reference to Draymond that I really had to push back against. And you know the aftermath. I walked back into the green room, and I there was a moment where I'm like, oh shit. Like this, this is probably going to go viral. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's that's yeah, probably yeah. it's not my intention. I, 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 but again, like what he said in reference to Draymond was, you know, shut up and play. And and of course, we've all heard that in reference to athletes before. Oh yeah. And you know, I, I do think there is a certain generation. I think it is a little bit generational that um, certain people are uncomfortable with athletes being outspoken. Um, but the, the undertones of that and, and the connotation of that, that, that we are meant strictly for your entertainment purposes, that we are to use our bodies strictly for your entertainment and we are not allowed to be human and yeah. show emotion and talk shit. Like, I, I just, I don't like that at all. And so I just, you know, I gently, I think I gently, I, I could have went a little harder. I think I gently pushed back at Mad Dog. And, yeah. Seven, so, seven out of ten. We were fine. We were fine after the after the segment. It was fine. We yeah, were fine. Yeah, yeah. Lightly, lightly, very gently. Mm -hmm. And you're the guy, right? Uh, if I do recall, the last time I talked to you, you went and saw a girlfriend in like Montana or something, or, or was Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. And you were just getting some shots up at the local gym, and I guess some people talk shit, and you beat every single one of them <laughs> one on one or whatever. Like you are a uber competitive human, which you have to be to become a professional athlete, especially as locked in and I don't want to say OCD, but I mean you had perfect form. So the amount of competitive stamina you had to have had to be so high to get to where you were. So I'd assume you view it the same way whenever you get on there. Like, hey, your viewpoint's wrong, I am right, and you then have to lay it out. Is that how you feel when you go in there? And do you think you've ever had a bad day on there? Because I don't think you have, right? Yeah, I don't think there's been a day where you've gone on there and it's been like, J.J. Reddick is fucking wrong. J.J. <laughs> Reddick needs to shut up. I don't think I've heard that once. That has to feel pretty good. You're walking in there, like literally, Okay, I'm undefeated around yeah. you. Mm -hmm. That has to feel pretty good, peacocking around. I, you know, I, I'm comfortable admitting when I'm wrong. And I've, I've certainly, in my first year of really being part of the media, 
uh, and I've obviously had a podcast for years, but it, being part of the media, I've admitted, I've admitted when I was wrong. Um, the, the thing about first take that's so different is that it is set up as a debate show. And so it really is competitive. Like you want to put on a good performance um, and I get up for it. I mean, that is that is the show that I look forward to doing. There's a there's like a running joke in a bunch of my my group texts with buddies and, and uh, some former teammates where it's like if I'm going on first take, I'm going viral that day. I don't know. Like, yeah. Again, that's my intention. I don't go on the show to go viral. It just what I think I've found is there has been a, a sort of a paradigm about how athletes are talked about, about how legacies are talked about. And what I brought to that show is a new perspective on that because of my firsthand experience being an athlete. And because honestly, I'm just such a fan of athletes. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan first and I have such amount of re, uh, respect for my contemporaries and my peers that I have sort of flipped that paradigm of how they are talked about. I, by the way, I have, uh, Completely agree with everything you say there. And I think First Take has become a perfect like landing spot for you. It's almost perfect for you with the way you've been built. Not only because you're uber competitive, but your resume is good. What, you didn't make the playoffs one time or whatever? Didn't make the playoffs one time? And then if you want to talk college ball too, it's like one of the greatest players of all time. So mm -hmm. your resume can't get checked. Like you're good like in that particular aspect. So it's almost a perfect place for J.J. Redick with everything you've accomplished and been through, friendships, what you've seen firsthand, successful teams, you've seen bad, not successful teams, you've been at the top, you've been at the bottom. Like, that's a perfect, that's a perfect recipe for you, I think. You know, that's why every fucking time you go on there, you go viral, just yeah. like all your group techs have said. The, you know what's probably most important to me? Well, first of all, there's, there's a credibility that I, I have because I, I lived it. Resume, yeah. And, and by the way, uh, the year I didn't make the playoffs was the bubble year. And had the season not got in, interrupted, we probably would have made the playoffs <laughs> that year because we had the easiest schedule going forward. But that's that's another topic. Kind of got robbed. Uh, yeah. Kind of got, <laughs> got robbed a little another bit. Topic. But anyway, what, what I think is most important to me is the feedback that I've gotten from players. And, and again, I, I'm... I'm just being myself. Like, I don't, like I say I'm pro player, but like, that's not necessarily an agenda. It's not an agenda. I'm, I'm legitimately reacting to something in real time because look, the format of the show, you know, we talk to the producers, they give you a question and it's like, go from there. And these blocks are 12 to 15 minutes. And the question could be something as simple as, you know, was, was the NBA's fine on Kyrie for flipping the bird justified? Oh. Now, on the surface, that could be a 60-second conversation, but on that show, it never is. The, the show goes wherever you want it, so I'm always reacting in real time. So I can, I can come prepared, I can have notes, but the, 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 the things I've said and the things that have gone viral, I swear to God, all of them have been completely organic. And that's what I think people are responding to. I think my favorite question is, was it disrespectful for insert situation? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, all right, well, because the level of respect or disrespect is just so vast. And you could, and you could talk yourself into being like, well, if that happens, then that also happens. I think that's why, especially with Stephen A there, it has had so much success. And we are thankful that you're on there, both as internet humans and 
damn people that have it on the screen. Let's move to some NBA chatter, shall we? I'm not going to debate you. I'd like to learn from you. But if I think you're wrong, I'm going to say, hey, JJ, fuck you. All right? Uh Luca needs to get on a better team, JJ. What is going on? on? Luca needs to get on a better team. Um, what else is going on around the NBA? Jazz adults. Uh, Celtics are dead. Does that mean the no. Nets are terrible? Oh, my God. Are the Nets that bad that the Celtics blew them out Come and then on. they're getting killed now? Like, Jay, what is going on, JJ? Pat, come on, man. Yes, sir. Don't be- don't be don't get caught up in being a prisoner of the moment. No. Don't get caught up in being a prisoner. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I will I will say about Luca because I've talked about this a bunch over the last couple of days and I talked about it yesterday on ESPN and I, I literally just finished doing a very high level uh, basketball conversation with Tim Legler for the podcast. Who I, I absolutely adore him and the work he does at ESPN. And we talked about Luca and, and I think one of the challenges about building around Luca is the nature of how Luca plays because Luca is so in control and he's able to manipulate and control every single possession offensively that he inherently has to have the ball in his hands a lot. So unless it is a strict one, five pick and roll where he's going downhill and throwing a lob pass to let's say Dwight Powell on every other possession, He's surveying, he's scanning, and so a lot of times for his teammates, you're waiting for him to then make his final move, his chess move. It's like he's playing chess. He's reading the board, and when he makes his move, you may only have five seconds, four seconds to really make something happen. So I think it's, it's to me, it's not he needs to be on a better team. They need to figure out the right personnel to sort of build around him because especially when you get in the playoffs with him, I mean, we've seen the numbers. It's historic what he's done in his playoff runs in terms of points per game. I think he's either tied or ahead now of Jordan as the all-time leading scorer, points per game in the playoffs. And, of course, he's given you A-plus assists, A-plus rebounds, all that. So for a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, who also needs the basketball, or Jalen Brunson, who also needs the basketball, at times it can be a little off late in the possession. Okay, so let's try You broke up there at the end, but your point, very valid, and I appreciate that. Hey, it was high-level basketball. Yeah, it was high-level basketball. Was high level. basketball. Yeah. I feel like I went into a lobby, mm-hmm. fucking hit the elevator button, <laughs> right to the top. Boom. Basketball conversation. High-level. I'm up there in the, the penthouse, so I appreciate you doing that and uh, laying it out like chess and everything. So what do you think he needs? Set shooter and then uh, a big five, like kind of like what they tried to do in Philly with Harden and Joel? Is that what you think would uh, best suit him, or is, is that not necessarily something that's just easily figureoutable? What do you say? I apologize, guys, for this Wi-Fi. I don't know what's going on here, but um, so on the First on the track, yeah. on the five man, I I like the idea of him with a sort of that that now modern five, not the multifaceted five like a Jokic or Embiid, but the modern five of a rim running, rim product, protecting five, a la Clint Capella, a la Jared Allen. Like that to me is the best five that he could play with. Not a five who needs the ball in the post and who needs to be able to, um, you know, survey the court as well. To me, the best compliment to him on the court would be a, a big wing who also can score. Um, you know, I think a guy's, and again, I'm not saying the Mavs can go get this guy, but when I think about team building and, and sort of how they view assets and how they view building around Luka for the next decade, like I, I think of a guy like Brandon Ingram or a guy like Jason Tatum. I mean, these guys are all, of course, I'm not saying they can go get them, but to me, those type of guys that can guard multiple positions, they can knock down threes off the ball and can score themselves. 
those are the guys that, to me, would be the ultimate compliment to him on the court. Let's talk about John Morant in Memphis. Is this because, I mean, obviously, the Golden State team, electrifying. They are awesome. Even though they seem to be missing a lot of shots. I mean, ESPN showing every single Clay Thompson miss. Yeah, yeah. I've seen every single shot that he has missed. Some of them are bad. Bad. Did not expect that, especially after his meeting with Jackie Moon. But I've seen every single one. This Memphis team, though, did everybody know Ja was going to be this guy that he is right now? And how far can they actually go just strictly off of, like, yeah, we're bigger dogs than you are. Like, how far can you go with that? If we look at last, if we look at last year's playoffs, he was awesome in that first round series against the Jazz. Memphis was the eight seed, Jazz were the one seed. Clearly, Jazz were the better team, but he had some huge games. And then this year, he made this incredible leap. He was already a star, and now he's a singular force, like a superstar that can elevate a team into a championship contender. And it's interesting to sort of gauge where they are in real time because I, I sort of lived this in 09 with, with my Magic team when we had Dwight Howard entering his prime and made that run to the finals. Like, you don't really know how good you are in the moment. Okay. Because you don't have the historical precedent of something you've done in the past. They yeah, we don't know. They one in the first round last year. And so as a, as a what I would, I guess I'm a pundit or an analyst now, like it's hard to gauge in real time with the Warriors. I, I know with the Bucks, I know with the Suns, I know uh, with the Celtics, I know because they, th that group, those core groups have already done it. And so that's, I think what makes watching the Grizzlies sort of figure this out in real time. So exciting. And Ja to me, I've said this a number of times this season. If you if you gave me if you get you know NBA tickets are expensive and I, I like to be close to the floor so on you gave the me a wood. thousand bucks JJ Reddick's on the wood bucks and said you got a thousand bucks to buy an NBA ticket to watch one guy play I, I, unequivocally I'm picking I'm picking John Moran I'm picking John Moran he is the most exciting player in the NBA right now yeah and they're having the same conversation you're having by the way they're like can you beat this next team yeah yeah sure. I think we can yeah mm -hmm. like they, they just are kind of it's almost like you don't know what you don't know. It's a, it's a gift. Yeah. It's a complete yes. gift. It, it, we had we had one of their guys on the podcast at the end of January, early February, and they were clearly a great team at that point. Um, and it was Desmond Bain, and he talked about that. He's like, we we feel that way. We we don't know what we don't know. We have the swagger. We have the confidence. We're a team full of guys that just have this ultimate belief. And those teams, when you get in the playoffs, and when you have a guy like Jot who has the ultimate belief in himself, Bro, he, he believes floats. every time he's he's the greatest player and he can make the difference in a win or a loss like those teams are really dangerous he can float it's awesome to watch yeah. honestly yeah. it is i don't know they'll, they'll probably have in i mean nba twitter is awesome i mean yeah. it's a beautiful place it's an active place so i don't ever want to say like absolutes and then just get completely roasted in there <laughs> somebody probably can jump higher but it feels like it's been a long time since we've just seen somebody float through the fucking sky like he does you know like it i don't understand it at all it's one of the most incredible feats of athleticism every time i see and then he the the grace with the ball it's just he's a it's unbelievable to watch him you're 100 right i'd like to see him live when i was a kid i had this t-shirt um, and it was it was very poorly printed, but and I, it wasn't even name brand because we couldn't afford name brand shit. I think I got it at TJ Maxx. Oh, yeah. But the T-shirt said um, something along the lines. It was a it was a picture of a basketball player jumping in the air, and it said like, "I just elevate and then decide in the air." Now for me, that was probably the most inaccurate T-shirt. <laughs> but I, every time every time I watch John Morant, for some reason, I think of that T-shirt. 
because it, you know you watch him play and he he's able to blow by the, his primary defender and when he gets to the lane and he and he meets a, a five man he meets a center he meets a big wing at the paint he just elevates and then he figures it out once he's in the air and that's that's to me that's like there's certain characteristics or certain aspects of a player that make them so attractive and engaging and interesting and to me it's that fearlessness that he has that he's just going to launch himself in the air at any angle angle against any player and he's just going to figure it out like i believe in my ability enough that i'm going to suspend myself in the air 44 inches against seven feet people that are twice the size twice the mass and i'm just going to figure it out yeah. i fucking love <laughs> I wonder at what age he, he learned he could do that. That had to be so much fun and if he could do that in high school or college. I think he's had like a massive amount of development, but as soon as you find out you can do that, that has to be so much fun. Yeah, it did. You know, like you can't wait to get in there, basically. It's a guaranteed, um, not char it's a block, basically, mm -hmm. every single time because he's finding a way around and, and off to the side of somebody. And he has not I mean, it's fucking incredible to watch him. Go ahead, Ty. JJ. There's been rumors coming out that it's not like a done deal that Zion's going to get a Supermax with the Pelicans. And then with all the stuff we've seen this year with them saying he's not ready, him posting, him dunking and doing windmills and through the legs and 360s and all that kind of shit. Do you think at this point it's better for them to just have a clean break and for him to get out of there and kind of try it somewhere else? Like what really is going on with Zion and the Pelicans? I don't think it's – I don't think I actually don't think it's better to have a clean break. Um, so there's there's two aspects of this, and, and this was similar, I think, to the the Ben situation in Philly. You know, when you have a guy who is on his rookie contract, who's clearly at a all star, all NBA level, you're not going to get back equal value if you trade his rookie contract, and you're certainly not in a position where you would lose an asset of that magnitude for nothing by letting him walk in free agency. My expectation is they'll offer him some sort of max, and that'll be the second part, some sort of max. And if there is a if there is a agreement or an understanding that, hey, you know, I want to part, we want to part, then all of a sudden you can get back sort of equal value uh, for him. On the extension side, I think is if you're the Pelicans, you have to you have to sign him to an extension. If you're Zion, given the in, in, injury history, you have to sign the extension as well. I. Brian Winhurst reported this the other day, and I don't think this is any surprise. Here. Wendy, I would look for them to structure structure the the super the supermax extension in the same way that Joel Embiid's supermax was uh, structured after his third year. He'd only played in 31 games. That was he signed that in training camp the year I got to Philly, and there were all sorts of protections in there on the third, fourth, fifth year based on the amount of games played. So I, that's my expectation. He'll get the supermax but it'll be with some sort of protection for the team. What did you say about Zion? You're pissed off at him about something? Hold on. That became a big story because every time you speak, it goes viral. The um, <laughs> You said that he was a standoffish teammate or something because he didn't hit up CJ McCollum or something. Didn't you say that? Is that what you no, said? I, yeah, I, I said that. I, I said in my – no, by the way, I, again, every time this gets brought up because I've been asked about this after the first take, and I want to be clear because – Sometimes on social media they cut clips. That's exactly I, why I asked her. Yes. I know you guys. I know you guys won't put me in a vulnerable position because I, I trust you guys. That'd but I want to be clear. Everything that I said on that clip uh, that went viral in regards to Zion, I had said to his face. Like we had had conversations about that. I addressed it in front of the team my first year there. 
So, yeah, there were moments I would describe him as a standoffish teammate, not a bad teammate. I want to be clear on that, not a bad teammate. Okay, okay, okay. The, the issue was, like, the guy was away from his team. They traded for C.J. McCollum. C.J. played five or six games before the All-Star break. And then at All-Star break, they asked about they asked C.J. on TNT, who's, by the way, he's the president of the union, so that's why he was doing this hit on T TNT. They asked about, you know, what have you and Zion talked about? He said, I actually haven't talked to Zion. And I had an issue with that because I think there's a basic decorum as a teammate, and that's whether you're a guy like me who's the, you know, whatever, at times the fifth most important guy or the eighth or the twelfth, whatever. You reach out to new teammates. Like that's just part of part of being an NBA player. Um, and so that's what I took. That's what I sort of took issue with. And they obviously, they also obviously have spoken at this point. Yes. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I would assume. Is that just because Zion's like an introvert? Do you think Zion's happy? about the way any of this has gone because he gave uh, an interview, he was smiling, he gave like, I can't wait to play next year or whatever. The, like, how do you think they've gotten to this point? I mean, cause if he goes to like Memphis or yeah. if he goes to any other team, it'd be like Zion would be on TV a lot more, which is crazy to think that Memphis is gonna have much more primetime mm -hmm. games than New Orleans would with Zion, but that's gonna happen next year going forward. It's like, do you think the Zion camp not happy about potential lack of, or how this whole thing is gone? And just in your viewpoint, cause you were part of the team, obviously Duke, and you're kind of, you know, you know the NBA much better than anybody else. Like it, how, was that ugly at any point? Do you think this last season, did that get bad? Well, so, so I actually don't buy the, the, the sort of market idea. As, as New Orleans being this small market where he's not going to get the national exposure because Zion is such an interesting player and such a unique player and came in with so much hype and attention. My first year there, we, you know, we were, they were not a good team. They had the number one pick in the lottery. Like we had a ton, ton of nationally televised games. They restructured the bubble. Oh yeah. So yeah. Zion could be in the bubble. They put the non-playoff teams in the bubble so that they could have Zion in the bubble. Like he is as important in, from a marketing standpoint in any market to the NBA. So I, I, I just don't buy that argument that he needs to go to a different team. And if you look, look, there are, there are certainly the teams, the Lakers, the Knicks, of course, the big markets, they're going to get their games. But if you look at Golden State, when I first got in the league, they didn't have a ton of nationally televised games. Now they're one of the premier teams that gets talked about every day on ESPN that gets the nationally televised games. So it, it to me, it's, yeah, you got to be good, but you also have to be interesting. You have to have a following and a Zion. Team. And Zion has that. Yeah. Zion can go play in fucking Akron. Zion can <laughs> It doesn't matter. Like, they're going to show his games. Do you think that they – what's the deal with them, though? What is the deal? He wanted to play? They didn't oh, want him to play? Yeah, Zion's an introvert. He's a, he's a, he's a self-confessed introvert. He, he, um, he told this story on the podcast. It was like one of the most beautiful moments we've had on the podcast. When he was in high school, he had to write a, a poem, and he, he described the poem on the podcast. And basically there were two parts of the poem. There was this, there was this guy who was super famous – and, you know, and, and super adulated anywhere he went, had to ask for pictures, you know, got asked for pictures, got asked for autographs. And then there was this other guy who just kind of wanted to be left alone and, and you know, liked, liked solitude and didn't like the attention. And then at the end of the poem, he's like, what if I told you it's the same guy? And that, that to me sort of encapsulates Zion. Like Zion, 
because he's so good and has such a marketable skill and such a marketable charisma and personality, um, I think that's a struggle. And look, he's young. Like, Pat, like you, you were around guys that were naturally introverted who were really fucking good. And at that age, I, I lived that on a much smaller extent to, at Duke. And we talked about this last time I was on the show. That was a really hard uh, time in my life to sort of balance all of that and figure that out in, in real time. I feel like when he wrote that poem, a lot of people learned a lot about Zion too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn, this guy hates all this. Right <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got to get you so we got to get you away from everything. Uh, I love, I hope he goes on to have massive success. We've been massive supporters from the beginning. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, JJ, Dylan Brooks had the foul on uh, Gary Payton the second, and then Steve Kerr asked or said in the postgame that there's kind of a code in the NBA. What is that code? And is Steve Kerr like a shining example of the code? Because there's a few tweets floating oh, around geez. that kind of oh, not lead, but don't think that Steve Kerr is an oh, example of the code. Oh, my God. I'm not going to – I'm not going to – I don't even know. I don't even know what the tweets are. So yeah, I you do. <laughs> yeah, they were out there. A lot of retweets. All right. So my so I agree with what Steve said, and I'll add on to it by saying when you get to the playoffs, every team, whether it's the coaches or the players amongst themselves, you pretty much institute a a no layup rule. And if you look at that specific play, Dylan Brooks is obviously way behind Gary Payton the second and when he sort of makes that lunge that move to try to make a play and foul you know I, I think both of them end up in a, in a in what I would describe as like a vulnerable position the problem is when you're the jumper and you've got that forward momentum you're you're gonna get hurt and we saw that earlier this year when Alex Caruso went up for a dunk against the Bucks and, and Grayson Allen made that dirty uh, follow-through that threw him to the ground and Alex Stone. broke his wrist so that that as a player, like I I never thought about if a guy, if I couldn't make a play once a guy jumped, I'm out, I'm out. Like I'm I'm making a business decision for both of us. I don't want to get dunked on, and I don't want you to fall on your head. <laughs> so so I like I love so I, I I we talk about Memphis all the time on the podcast, and anytime I get a chance on ESPN to do it, I talk about Memphis because I I love their team, I love their swagger, and Dylan Brooks as much as Jaws swagger is important part of their identity dylan's is as well and so i'm a big dylan brooks fan um i don't i don't think he's a dirty player but to me that was a dirty play and there is that there's a difference between the two 100 it's whether it's not it's a routine play for him or if it happens every once in a while and the interesting thing about it all is it feels like the nba players look out for each other more than anybody else it feels like the nba players like the unions better than anybody else it feels like those there's a lot of, am I wrong in thinking that? It feels like you guys are the tightest group of athletes when it comes to sports. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I there's not that I, many of you guys. Yeah, there's no. not I, that many of you guys. I can't speak to other unions. I can speak to my experience and, and even my experience in retirement. Like there's such a bond that we share. And a lot of that I think is because all of us grew up playing with each other yeah. in, in high school. AAU and against each other in high school and AAU. We, you know, we we lived in dorm rooms all summer. We lived in hotel rooms all summer together, and so, you know, there's a there's an inherent I think respect that we have amongst each other um, once we get to the NBA. And the competition is fierce. And like there were guys that I fucking hated. Like I hated not just playing against. Like I legitimately hated certain guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
fucking awful, you know. And and uh, but I, you know, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about you know now in the media, like my my viewpoint is shaped by that experience, and so I'm always I'm always going to lean heavy on the side of the player. And um, and the and the, again, the feedback that I've gotten from guys I played with or, or guys that I'm I'm friends with, like, has been really positive. Yeah, I think that's a. I think other sports look at the basketball players and the way business is done and how everybody kind of sticks together. It's a smaller group than a lot of other sports, but it is a it is a cool one to watch as this you know sports business continues to evolve. You know, another tight crew is the uh, Duke alumni. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Duke alumni, real tight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You guys have high level. Brotherhood. Brother, absolutely. You guys all wear the same shirts and shit. You guys oh, go. Yeah. Oh yeah. You go to that game, man. How'd that happen there, JJ? JJ. How do we lose that last game to UNC and Coach K's last home game? How's it going? We're running tight on time here. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, who's going to win it all this year, JJ? Who's going to win it all? Um, all right. So, you know, it's hard to make predictions. And obviously with the injuries, it feels like every series, some star players getting hurt. I, I, I've said this for a couple months. I've felt, I've felt like we're headed for a rematch of last year's finals. Where it's Suns Bucks. No way. Now the Chris Middleton, the Chris stink. Middleton injury has put a little bit of a a damper on that for me. Oh. So I can't. I, I have no prediction. Like I'm just a fan now watching Celtics Bucks. So my prediction is the winner of that series plays the Suns in the finals. Celtics. And I've got I've got the best team in basketball winning it all this year. I've got the Suns winning it all. Oh, point guard was trending last night. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's doing his thing. We can't thank you enough, JJ. Keep killing it. Keep crushing it. The podcast is great, as is life. Ladies and gentlemen, ESPN NBA pundit, superstar, viral legend, JJ Reddick. Yeah! As is the toxic table that is held down by at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Boys, we were just talking about it, and Ty, you really don't have a horse in a race because the Las Vegas Golden Knights are currently yeah. crumbling. Yeah, yeah a little big bit. time. Right in front of all of our eyes. Uh, so are the Boston Bruins. Well, yes, they are. Last, well, uh, well. Lost last night to the Hurricanes in uh, devastating fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Pasternak did not score the first goal. He uh, Pasternak seems to not really care about Boston anymore. Well, right. And Bruins fans are all of a sudden becoming the lot of Celtics fans of all time. That's Bingo. not true. That's what's going well on said. in Boston. No. Yeah. Well, Boston that's did, hockey talk, by the way. Boston yeah. did try and take out uh, the Carolina yeah. goalie. Exactly. He's throwing fucking haymakers at the goalie because, you know, he's trying to get the boys riled up. You can't knock the guy for, you know, trying to swing the momentum a little bit. And all Bruins fans are Celtics fans. We're we're joint group together. Focus turns on social media between whoever's doing better. That's right. Uh And they can feel that. The Bruins boys can feel it. That's why they're kind of... No, that's why they're pumped because they know their fucking superstar Swayman in the back is going to be coming in and everybody's going to be like, holy shit, the Swayman is in? Yeah, let's go to the cup. Way to go, man. Did Pasta score a hat-trick last night or they have not scored three goals against the Caniacs all year long? They've never scored fucking three goals against the Caniacs. You you can't win. No, we can win. The fucking Caniacs steal everything, every cool gimmick that's out there. What do you mean? They're fucking doing the skull after the game. The Caniacs are a bunch of frauds. Terrible sports town. Well, to what you're saying about them stealing everything, they have Bill Cowher giving them motivational speeches exactly. before games. That's a Pittsburgh coach. That, was, that, a, can't that was a tough moment. It was actually against the Pens that he... Uh, what? what? Whoa, whoa. Cowher's a traitor? I don't think that's true. It was also like 10 years ago. Bill Cowher from Crafton? <laughs> yeah. It was against the Pens, I'm pretty sure. What? Oh, no. no. Well... This is when this is when Bill moved down to Carolina and the full court press was on. The Panthers were trying to get him to coach the team. The, the Hurricanes brought him in. No, he just he just 
He just wanted a nice lake house? Yeah. Is that what he wanted on Lake Norman, Don? Pumped up the canyon. What the fuck is going on? I didn't know that was taking place. So, yeah, they are stealing everybody's. I mean, kind of, I guess, kind of savage of the canyon. Yeah, yeah I guess. Kind of just say, hey, that's cool. We're going to do that. That's awesome. We're going to do that. Welcome home. We'll give you a house. Get tickets anytime you want. <laughs> Fucking sell out move. Just motivate us against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, yeah bring but the Steelers fans hate the Penguins. That's why Tony that's, doesn't like the Penguins. That's not true. That's not yeah. true. That's not yeah. true. That's not true what you just said. You hate them. Joining that's us now true. is a man who uh, is a fan of the Colorado Avalanche, yes. I believe. Allegedly, yeah. yeah. He's a college football national champion, a Green Bay Packer champion, a Ryder Cup champion, a COVID survivor. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron James Hawk. Happy Cinco de Mayo, AJ. Oh, yeah. Happy Cinco de Mayo, guys. You, you are you celebrating tonight? Well, we already started. Hi, little Terramana. Never too early in the morning for Terramana. Has Dwayne been posting? I, I would imagine it's a big day for him. Well, he was in the Iron Paradise last night, oh, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably He's... writing season three of Young Rock and oh. also launching his superhero movie. Black, Black Adam. Adam. I mean, he's yes, he's celebrating Cinco de Mayo, though. He's got the best tequila in the game. How I, could you not? I believe the XFL also announced today that they're going on a nationwide tour this summer, hitting six cities. Doing Dewey, what? I don't know, just spreading the game. Dewey's fucking committed <laughs> oh. to it. Six I think cities. open uh, like tryouts. Okay, so they're renting like a local stadium. You've got to do it, Connor. Yeah, I was just going to say I'll be there with my fucking helmet on. i got to get out of the hockey accents and throwing the pigskin around. Hockey accent. Do your football accent now, Connor. No, 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 no football accents. Football is just cold blood, you know, that's steel. You. Yeah, that's you. Sure. So they're doing tryouts at six cities, and Dwayne Johnson's going to all of them this summer. We're heading to six cities across the United States for the hashtag XFL showcases. Each event provides prospective football players the opportunity to show our coaches and personnel directors how they unleash the dreams of football makes possible. Yikes. What was that sentence there? Yikes. Let's go back. Did I read that wrong? Go back up. Each event provides prospective football players the opportunity to show our coaches and personnel directors how they unleash the dreams football makes possible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Each event provides prospective football players the opportunity to show our coaches and personnel directors how they unleash the dreams of football makes possible. Boom. Yeah. That's an interesting sentence. I mean, open put. tryouts. I mean, right? uh, yeah, it's an open trial, but I guess I don't know what happened. Legally, you don't want to say open tryouts or something. Is this right? scroll like. thing an Elon thing? Uh, picture scroll thing? Yeah, I think the new Twitter is, uh, I think Twitter is changing right in front of our eyes, but it couldn't have been an Elon decision, right? Because Elon couldn't have been in there this quick. He hasn't even yeah. taken over yet. Yeah, because they, cause they also changed the, the video brain. thing. So is old Twitter just fucking unloading everything they had. This is what we made, by the way. This is what we wanted to become over the next 10 years. This is what we wanted to do. Elon's going to come in here, serve as uh, CEO immediately, and fire everybody yeah. like Kendall Roy did to the Volter program. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. There it is. I've got seen that feature before. Hey, he gutted Volter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Ruthless. If you have like a website and then you have like, <laughs> a website, you're able to put photos on there and it shows up like this. Uh, oh, so because we don't have a website, we never get the opportunity. Damn. That's interesting. We're an internet company with literally no website. I mean, there is a website. We have real estate on the internet, but it is not operable. We have a store website. It is operable, but mm-hmm. that is it. So it does affect us whenever we do stuff like this. What are they going to start charging for, I wonder? How much are they going to charge? You, you, know? said you may charge like uh, corporations and companies or politicians, I feel like. Yeah, I assume Ooh. that's us, pal. I assume my Twitter account is going to get a, hey, huh, you like what you're doing around here? 
You like this place? Here you go. Here you go. Why, but how much could it be, though? Well, if it's, what if they're like 15%? What if it's like the corner? Oh, you know, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> no, I do wonder how they will do the scale system. They should. I mean, there's a lot of ways to make money off Twitter. That's one of them, by the way. Like, hey, that is definitely one of them. That once you monetize real estate on Twitter, then you're really asking for the conglomerates to continue to take over what was once independent. You know, Twitter was kind of an independent operation thing. The people with the bigger bank behind them will obviously win if you're able to purchase more real estate, just like in the real real estate world. So they would have to balance that, especially Elon, who's a champion of entrepreneurs and everything like that. So that will have to get figured out. I'm just, you know, once you start changing that, then the algorithm is yeah. uh, something again then, right? Then the algorithm is something. It's just more for a paid one. Well, I mean, don't you feel like, though, everything that he has said, like, he's not going to make Twitter worse. That's what I'm saying. And I think, by the way. He just raised $7 billion, too. Seven billion, which is nothing compared to the forty-six billion dollars he spent <laughs> yeah. to buy this thing. But I'm saying he, he raised seven bill for Twitter to for this whole Twitter deal. So Larry Ellison, one dude, gave one bill himself. Yeah, I saw somebody gave like five hundred million dollars, and they were touting it as a big deal. And I'm like, five hundred million is nothing compared to forty-six billion dollars. Mm -hmm. And it's just so much money that he paid for that platform. But the people paying for blue checks is going to happen. Yeah, that's going to happen. Which, by the way. If you can get two bucks from somebody to get a blue check each month, like they can, and they, you can act like it's a legitimized uh, account, and then that gets more. Like that's an easy way to get. To, they could charge everybody a buck a month if they wanted to do Twitter and just make so much money mm -hmm. just very quickly, and it'd become an auto pay thing. People wouldn't even remember they were doing it, and that's just collecting fees. Now, if that was rolled out, everybody would say this fucking guy. He's trying to rob from people. He's trying to steal Twitter from people, which I guess it would. But he said it'll always be a free platform. He'll have to figure out how to take money from people in other fashions, but. The XFL getting to do that is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. It does not Can't say wait. that Dwayne Johnson will be there, though, does it? No, I don't uh, think. I think it's just his. He might show up to one or two, though. Sure. Well, he's got a press tour for his movie. He just mentioned, too. He's yeah, but he's got a big bird. Have you seen his plane? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't. He's got a beautiful bird. Really? Yeah, he's got a big plane. I see some. Did, uh, did John Cena's show go well, that superhero show? Yeah, it did, yeah. actually. Yeah, I think so. I saw it was going all over the place, and he obviously, it, I would imagine there's more seasons coming. Uh, yeah. Ty said that that type of show on HBO would get picked up regardless for a second season, regardless because of how much money they put into it, right? Yeah, pretty much. But I think also if it was just off of the... It was a smashing success, yeah. and it's definitely getting another one. And it, that, yeah, it'll probably be around for like four or five seasons. Will I they guess. make a movie out of that, or will it just continue nah, to be I think TV? It'll, he'll probably be in the movies in that like shared universe, but they'll I they'll make that show until they decide to stop making it. Hey, good for John Cena. Yeah, yeah. good boy, Johnny. The Rock. Good for all these guys. Steve Crushing. Austin's got to be selling all the beer. Oh, Why? Can we get him in a superhero movie? Uh, what's that, pal? Can we get Stone Cold as his own superhero? Well, one of these well, longest Yard. Well, yeah. Well, sure. Forget Longest Yard. Just go back and watch the Attitude Era. The Condemned. Uh, there's there a go. superhero movie yeah. weekly. Right. Mm -hmm. right condemned. There. Actually, if you haven't seen right. it, is that the one on the island? Yeah, yeah. him as Jack Conrad. One what about of the, the Miz? Was Miz in ever. Marine 4 or one of them? He was in three of them, I think. Uh, I, think I think Miz has claimed ownership of it in Marine. I think he is well, the Marine. He's real. I love Miz. Miz better. Cena <laughs> will always yeah. be the Marine, my no, friend. No, no. Miz talks about how good he was as the Marine. Yeah, I mean, but Cena was a Marine. Correct. And then he starred in it. John Triton. I don't know. I mean, Wait, John Cena was a Marine? Yeah, 180 yeah. confirmed kills. Yeah, for Come China. On. 
Whoa. Like three, three they tours. don't have Marines, He wasn't a commie dude. spy. He just enjoyed living in China. Listen, okay. I don't know the actual answer to this because it's been taken too seriously, but I don't think he is an <laughs> he actual He announced Marine. the death of bin Laden. He did. I do remember that. Ladies and, and gentlemen. If he was playing a veteran, <laughs> he would be the right person to do it. Bingo. Perfect. But I'm not 100% sure. He didn't make that announcement in the place. He said 180 confirmed kills. Yeah, is that what yeah. Diggs said? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Behind Enemy Lines? That's basically what his tour was like. 90 were fucking face-to-face. Face. 90 were from over two miles away with a 50, Kyle. <sighs> I heard it was with a pistol from two miles away. Either right. way. Couldn't see him. Throwing a pistol. Knife in the back of I'm the not sure any of this happened. Hair. I just want to... I don't, I don't think any of this is true. But <laughs> with that legend. being said, I mean, that... Season two of that show was going to be really it's gonna good. Be awesome. uh-huh. It's going to be really good. Um, let's move on. Debo Samuel has followed the 49ers again. AJ, we're this, back. This, we're back. Good to see go. Debo back with the squad. Exactly, AJ. And you have the mind of, I don't know, like an 85-year-old soul. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, this is so stupid. Motivational speech is so stupid. By the way, I feel similar. But in this particular fashion, the old folks view this as like, oh, he followed him on Instagram. Way to go. This is a big deal, AJ. This is legit. You say I overreact to stuff. He invited the San Francisco 49ers, whose home stadium is in Santa Clara. He invited them back into his every single day scroll. That's a big deal. That's seeing them every single throwback Thursday, too. I mean, he's he's fucking seeing glory days of him on there, highlights of them, them signing rookies, probably Shanahan throwing throwing footballs into trash cans on the beach. He said, I get this fucking out of my face whenever he unfollowed him because he didn't want to do business with him. Now he says, follow. They're back in his life. They're back in his hand. That's a big deal. That means relationships are going well. We think a notification was sent through the entire fucking practice facility. Oh my God, Debo is back in the building, kind of. Woo! Kind of. There you go. Yeah. For the year 2022, yeah, he is back in the building. Man, like wait, congratulations yeah. to the Niners. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations to Debo. Good. Nice job, Debo. Well done, Debo. Debo. Making it a big deal or saying this is a thing, but it absolutely is a Good thing. Job, now, push. a couple years ago, I may, be, I may be with the old Stooges saying, what are you talking about? But I'm. this has proven time and time again. Look at what has happened over history. Like This actually is a real thing now. This probably means, much like in the situation with Kyler and Eric Burkhart and the Arizona Cardinals, they agree that they will negotiate at a time. Like, hey, we will negotiate. We will have a conversation at this particular time. Agree? Agree? Okay, Kyler follows. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals back on Instagram. Everything sounds good. Every answer is uh, business is business. We will handle it. And now we're hearing that they're working on a Kyler Murray extension now. So if we're go- to go off of that blueprint and assume that they're doing the same for Debo, you would, they would had to have talked Tori Dondi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tori Dondi, the agent for Debo and Debo, Miss Precious. Right. And the San Francisco 49ers have had to come to an agreement like, all right, we'll talk about this in August or a training camp or something like that. Like right now, this is not the time to be doing this. And because Danny just did that for AJ Brown, can he also say like, hey, if you don't think we can find a suitor, we'll find a suitor immediately and they'll pay him $100 million over four or five years and he'll get what he wants. Like if you don't want to give it to him either now, August, even during oh, the season, so you maybe. Think, you think he said that to the Niners, and the Niners said, like, all right, let's get a deal. We'll get a deal. Let's deal. figure it out. Because now at least they've seen. Because Tori Dondi said, I will fucking hit yeah. the market. Yeah. yeah. And you see what I did? I'll find somebody for him. You should. We 
We fleeced the Ravens. Mm-hmm. We didn't even let the Ravens know that DeAndre Hopkins was suspended no. six games, and mm-hmm. they fucking needed a wide receiver so bad. Got him on the move. Nobody talked about it here. Nobody said a single word. Nobody knew that Tory Dondi was back here working and pulling the strings. Did it with AJ Brown draft night. You see that? Uh-huh. Vrabel got up, walked away. Yeah. He was all pissed off. Didn't know. Tory Dondi knew. Yeah. I will do it to you. Is that what Tory Dondi said to the San Francisco 49ers? That's why Debo's like, all right, I guess we'll play ball or we'll be on the move, just like Tory Dondi did. <laughs> I, I would imagine they're closer to the deal than we think. I, I mean, Tory they Dundee. have to feel pretty good about it. Like, the Niners gave them some numbers and said, okay, we're we're somewhat in the same ballpark now. That's what I would take from this. Like, if they said, yeah, we'll negotiate in August, I don't know if that would be good enough mm. for Tory Dondi and Debo. Well, maybe A.J. Brown's deal, what is it, 25? Yeah. Yeah. Four years, 100 million, like 57 guaranteed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is it, I believe, right there. Right yeah. Hey, good, good on you. Let's go, yeah, baby. Draft night. Hey, draft spectacular. Good on armor, anything. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> um, but maybe that is just a very easy thing to take to the Niners. Like, hey, this is what the market is. You know, like literally, we just did it. Would you like to do it? And maybe the Niners said we can work around that. Like that is something we can deal with. Or maybe Debo, Lynch, and Shanahan just hung out at the beach one day and Good. just kind of had a conversation. And we're like, All right, let's keep going. What if though, Pat? Conspiracy. What if he followed them because the Niners said, "Hey, we will actively shop you." But we want to make things look like it's okay. Let's keep your value high. We have a good relationship. You're back. Oh, boom. You can go wherever you want. Somebody tweeted me the other day and said that I'm a conspiracy thinking and theory uh, douchebag. Whoa. What the hell is that about? What do you mean? Well, got like your flat earth stuff and all of that. All right. Listen, I flew over Earth a couple times. All right, I'm not into that camp. All right, but what we are talking about is we're willing to dive into what could potentially be, mm-hmm. especially on May 5th, 2022. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Maybe the Niners said, we need to publicly make this a lot better. We need, we need to publicly make this look a lot better. Maybe they dove into it and Debo's like, cool, as long as I'm on the move somewhere because I'm not going back. But we, I can't help but go back to the Miss Precious video. Yeah. Where Debo did not sound like he was super pissed at the Niners. It sounded like they didn't even, they didn't make him an offer that could have been disrespectful. You know, like they didn't do any of that. Like there was nothing like that. It felt like it could be mended is how everybody was kind of chatting about it. This is the first step towards that. Yeah, they had to be fairly close because then if, if they weren't and it was like a massive gap, then he looks like the bad, like he's... You know, he he's complaining about all this stuff. If it's when he said it wasn't about money from the get go, like that would have just made him look worse in in terms of public perception from like fans. And so we could follow even more here. What if they only have comments turned on for followers only, and he wants to go troll on every one of their pictures? Oh. Have we seen him comment at all on any of the photos? Yeah, nah, I don't think Has so. Has he liked any photos that they've posted since yeah. Debo coming back? Have they posted that Debo has followed them on their Instagram? That'd be good. That'd be good Instagram. That'd be like, hey, not only Debo following you, probably other people will follow you too. Yeah. And there's a chance maybe Debo saw Brandon Bean say, hey, you know, the salary cap's supposed to be at 225. If it was at 225, there wouldn't be a problem. Next year, it'll be at 225. Won't have Jimmy oh, G's contract. Man. We'll give you $30 million next year, Debo. Just come home. Debo, we just need you to have a little bit of faith. You're going to have another good year, and then we will get you a shit ton of money. I a mean, ton. Being talking about them being behind schedule when I was putting over how much money it was already at <laughs> yeah. was wild to me. That was something I did not expect. And then Jim Hersey. <laughs> not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Need more. It's unbelievable. Like, that league, the league is so large. It shows you why they continue to grow and grow and grow. Like, they're, no, there is, 
never enough. We are always, there's always more real estate for us to grab. There's always more fans and eyeballs. Imagine the wide receivers going for like 30 million a year, 31 million a year. It's happening. And then that means tackles, by the way, are going to go for yeah. like 25, 30, 35, whatever they're already. Uh, I mean, everybody's going to go up, but quarterbacks yeah. are going to go. Way, I mean, way, way up. Cornerbacks, too. Uh, DBs going to yeah, get paid. They're going to go way up. Edge rushers. Hey, yeah, good for everybody. Ready. Hey, yeah, go yeah. get a billion. Go get it. Go get a billion. All right, so uh, let's dive into a conversation that nobody would expect us to have, but I feel like we're actually kind of in the middle of it all, or we're in the middle of it all at the very beginning. I referenced this video earlier. I watched it. It was on like April 10th, 2021, which seems like... 15 years ago whenever it comes to like internet life but it definitely feels longer for the person or it has felt longer for the person that you're about to hear speak about this so we all knew that the nil thing was going to happen name image likeness we all knew that college players were going to start making money off of their names images and likenesses mm -hmm. that was going to become a thing but there was only one person or at least somebody that we knew that was really speaking publicly about it that was trying to pass a bill in the government to kind of make it a more regulated more accepted thing so that the ncaa could just say yep here it is it's the rule of the land it's the rule of us here's anthony gonzalez talking about why he was presenting a bill for the nil a little bit over a year ago before this whole thing really blasted off into what it has become now and so we'll, we'll extend the right. We'll put up some guardrails around recruiting, make sure that you're not literally paying guys to go to whatever school. Um, and uh, and then, you know, empower the athletes and, and hopefully get college football or college sports in general. I think it'll apply to everybody um, back yeah. to a place that, that makes sense. Because if we're in a world where every state has a different set of rules with respect to what you can do marketing wise, it's, wild, wild west. Um, it's chaos. So we're going to get out of that world. That's what he said he was going to do or try to do. And then since that time, Anthony Gonzalez fell out of favor in the political world with every single party. Yes. Every single one of them. Uh -huh. yep. He has since retired. Hey, congrats. Hey, there you go, Gonzo. Enjoy it, Gonzo. It's good. He's mine. But he might have been the only human that really truly understood it all in that particular world and could have got some real things done and some guardrails. Because what he said there is we don't want it to directly become a recruiting tool. It is. It is vastly that. And a man wrote an article as Sports Illustrated about two S uh, the SEC commissioner and the Pac-12 commissioner traveling to D.C. today to meet with senators to somehow get some guardrails on it. It feels like they at least would have known that this was coming from Gonzo. But who knows how you stop what the NIL has become. It is full free agency. Joining us from Sports Illustrated, ladies and gentlemen, Ross Delling. Yeah! What's going on, man? Good to be on with you guys. Hey, thanks for joining us. I want to learn a little bit more here about what's going on. How how likely is it that something happens? And how likely is it that it continues to go the way it is and just every school is going to have venture capitalists like money to go and spend and recruit on guys in the football world, basketball world, and probably every single sport? Well, it's not likely that something happens uh, in, in Congress this year. Certainly not before the midterm elections. I know that Greg Sankey and George Kaikoff are up there in, in D.C. trying to trying to lobby for a uh, federal legislation. Like Anthony Gonzalez said, right, uh, you know, that that is the thing that's needed. That's the solution. Uh, and they just couldn't agree on it. You know, uh, the Republicans and Democrats differed on what a federal NIL bill would look like. I think they got somewhat close last May, uh, but they they it fell through. Mainly it fell through for uh 
health care reasons. Uh, you know, the Democrats basically want a broad bill. The Republicans want a narrow bill that just specializes in NIL. And so it, the compromises fell through. And so that's left us here, right, which is a predictable position where, where boosters are using NIL to induce recruits and retain their own players. Were you expecting them to, to do this? Were they trying to get recruits to their campus, but they're also they're recruiting college kids? Like there's a, a kid from Cincinnati, correct, where is it USC or whoever is putting together all this money to try to bring him. I would imagine stuff like that is what they're going to try to regulate eventually, or is that just going to be – common knowledge what's going to happen with everybody yeah i that, that is a um that's probably the biggest issue right now it's actually not that boosters are inducing high school prospects it's that boosters are inducing uh, athletes on uh, active college rosters um that that has been kind of the real the real issue here uh, certainly the real issue that coaches have and retaining players um so i think what you're going to see happen next week is the NCAA is going to come out with some guidelines. And basically, they're just reminders, reminding all member schools uh, in, in these booster collectives and these boosters, hey, boosters for years now have been prohibited from involving themselves in recruiting. Now, we know that they've been involved in an under-the-table way. We Everybody kind of knows that. But now they're, they're doing it over the table and obvious and brazenly. And I think the NCAA is reminding everybody, hey, look, this is illegal. This is prohibited. Uh, the problem with that, of course, is you have state laws that are going to be potentially protecting some of these collectives, some of these boosters, and that means we'll probably all end up in court at some point. Who's going to represent the players in that thing? Because I, what you're saying about them recruiting other college uh, players' teams, it's like if I end up at a small school in high school, I put that work in, all right? Mm -hmm. I put that work in, then I get better from freshman to sophomore year, okay? And then I put on some good film going into sophomore year, and then I got two years left of eligibility, and maybe the school that I went to is, like, not able to do what another school is able to do with, like, I don't know, like, hey, here's $500,000. That changes your entire family's being forever. $500,000 gets everybody out of debt. You've already done it in before the age of 21 here. Congratulations. This is the transfer portal. You go there then you just come sign with us and now everybody's happier like who represents the players in this thing that say like this is cool the way it is anybody doing that or do you see that happening yeah well there, there is there's a, a pretty big group that's uh, actually not not just on the player side with this issue it's kind of saying like you like you mentioned right this is okay you know it's okay our, our players are finally getting a piece of the cut after Years and years of uh, these big TV deals, million-dollar TV deals, players are finally getting a cut of it, you know, coaches' salaries through the roof. So, yes, there, there's a, a big group that, that are, are with the players. And, and now players can have agents, right? So they're, they're using agents to oh, facilitate no. that's, some of these, that's wild some to these me. deals. Hey, that's yeah, wild that's, to me. The, correct. That, and that's a problem, right? That's starting to be a problem of – of agents recruiting off of other college teams kind of in a way they're involved they're involved in all this so this is this has kind of been part of the issue as well but they the, the athlete you're right the athletes are benefiting here like they probably should have for years but there's got to be i think college officials would tell you there's got to be some kind of guidelines and in, in regulations to this thing it's it's kind of like pro football unregulated pro football right uh just completely unregulated free agency and so i think you're going to see some of those guidelines come up next week will they be enforced i don't know would somebody be made an example of that's the problem right now pat is that 
the NCAA is not enforcing anything. And we're, we're, it's some, there are obvious inducements going on right now. And the NCAA is just not enforcing anything because they are scared, I think, mostly of getting sued. And also because, honestly, they, they, they don't have the staff capacity to do all of this at every school because virtually, you know, I don't want to say every school is doing it, but a lot of schools are doing it. All right. Well, we appreciate you so much for your time. You can find them on SI Now, Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger. Thank you. Yeah! Thank you, buddy. How about that, AJ? Look at us diving into the weeds of this thing. Yeah. I, I mean, it is a, a weird world going on right now with all of that. It's capitalism, right? But then there's if there's no salary cap at all, that's awesome. Yeah, wide that's, open. I, how do you keep guys anywhere? Like they're gonna have to have tamp. I don't know how you do. I don't know how you put guardrails up, as they say, for any of it, really. Yeah, because couldn't somebody have? And I, you know, devil's advocate, just very clearly here, devil's advocate. Like Pat White should have been able to go somewhere and make millions and millions and mm-hmm. millions of dollars as a college football player because of how good he was at college, and then his NFL career ended up what it was, especially with a hit on the sideline and very cut short. So his lifetime earnings much different, you know, because of what happened and how big he was at college. So it's like, I will always view Steve Slayton, same thing. I mean, Steve and Pat and Owen and D, I mean, I could go through a lot of them. Noel came later, but like Steve and Pat rebuilt West Virginia, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that place was rebuilt because of them and their NFL careers weren't you know, the super high grossing NFL careers that every, I think everybody would always say like, oh, he'll make his money in the NFL, he'll make his money in the NFL. You know, so there's always going to be that conversation on the other side, too. It's like fascinating. How do you how do you put the toothpaste back in? How do you? I don't know how you do it now. I mean, all of a sudden the gates opened up, everyone could get paid. And then here we are. And it's all I don't know. It's it's actually not it's not spoken about as much as I thought it would be when we were looking at like back in the day whenever we were talking about this like becoming a real thing like i feel like now it's like okay yeah dude got a million and a half dollars cool bro that was a year ago that that conversation with uh gonzo was a year year ago in like another month or whatever in mm-hmm. april yeah, it was april a year and a month that's not I see a lot of i see a lot of local commercials here of like ohio state basketball players with <laughs> like car dealerships and football players i'm like man these guys driving sweet trucks and stuff in college yeah i i saw a couple guys at another school obviously show up with the same exact chargers basically parked next uh-huh. to each other mm-hmm. and everybody's uh-huh. like what the fuck been here a long time i haven't seen that now that was somewhere else obviously not in my school that i was at that was somewhere else but i think we all assumed that it would be used in recruiting though like, I think that directly what Ross said over the Did counter. you think college to college, though? Did you think they'd be, okay, USC is going to see some stud for Cincinnati and be like, hey, we can give you two mil, come on over? I don't know, because I think with the growth of the transfer portal, I think everybody would kind of just assume that'd become the case. So are they paying them and they're on scholarship, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Or is it like, am I netting? No, you don't need to do that. A million and a half? Yeah. Is yeah. It Maybe they do that. Is it, yeah, what is it? And then they have more scholarships to give out. Oh, no. What if that becomes a thing? So then the scholarships are just going to the walk-ons, basically. Yeah. yeah. So the walk-ons are like the kids who can't get any NIL deals. Everybody that can get NIL deals, oh, hey, idea. you're just paying, you're just getting paid, and you're going to school. It's just a part of the whole mm-hmm. thing. Oh, my God. Did we just fix the whole thing? That might be the way to do it. Yeah. And you, like, would they put a ceiling on it? Like- hey, if your school doesn't have one of these, sorry about it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about it. Find someone. Now, we're saying that as... I don't know if I think West Virginia has one. Uh, uh, a what do you mean has one? What do you mean? What do you mean like a, an NIL group? What do you mean? Yeah, an NIL group. Yeah. The group like these groups that come together though. I know different schools they have these big groups. You guys have they, had them for years. 
Yeah, there's yeah. they're outside Autographs. groups that what they raise money and then give they just they choose like if a board that chooses who to give the money to or how's no, it work? No, no, it's for deals. It's for deals. Yeah, it's for deals. For the team. Yeah, deals. But no, um, like back in the day, they would just put people's names on like libraries and stadiums and stuff. You yeah. know, when it like yours, for instance. Mm-hmm. Oh um, no, yeah, believe me, I've they've. When people have asked me to donate, oh, you know, you could get your, we could put your name on this archway going into that room. Like, okay, no, I don't care about that. <laughs> hey, that was going right into your pocket, right? When you were playing there, though? Mm-hmm. What was going in my pocket? Those donations that are coming from those big time. It was going right in all the cranes you see outside building all the facilities every single day. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. That's because they they're non nonprofit, remember? They were not nonprofit for mm-hmm. the week. Right. So no, was the NFL. Yeah, nobody make, well, they're classified as that in a, uh, which is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, another business conversation. But the colleges, yeah, they always say like, yeah, we made no money last year. Only They say only 10% of schools make money from athletics. And it's like, look at our brand new $500 million building right here. Yeah, mm-hmm. Look at our new $750 million uh, lab over here. It's like, oh, I wonder why you guys aren't making money. Does anybody say no to any ideas <laughs> around here? Not a single person. Well, in schools that have multiple good sports, like obviously there are some schools that are good at football, good at basketball, but like you remember that LSU uh, graphic that I think it was the year before they won the national championship, their football team grossed like $55 million and then every other team below them was Lost in the it. red and they basically were the, the one team was paying for every other team's athletics and field time and buses That's and a lot all of that them shit. Yeah, it's crazy to think about everything, how it's become. There's like, I think Ohio State has like 36 varsity sports or something. There is a lot of sports out there. Yeah, but they're good at a damn, like, they're good at more than one sport. Like, they have a really good hockey team, a really good basketball team. Like, there are some schools that don't have that. So, there's no way Ohio State's one of those teams that is in the red. When we go back to the whole NIL not becoming just recruiting payments that have no roof on them, basically, and you can play and just do your whole thing while you're playing. It's wild to think that they're mature enough to handle it all, in my eyes, because of how I would have been if this happened. Mm-hmm. I, I would have been – it would have been bad, I think. Also, who knows what happens with their careers? Are they going to a place where it's not going to be hard enough for them to become calloused enough to become an NFL player? Will it have you know, repercussions on getting a little bit more relaxed in your life as opposed to being fully dialed in? We will see. And I'm only saying that strictly off of how I would have been. If I would have been getting paid any money, not that I ever would have been offered that in the modern world. I'm just saying how these guys could get in college, 18, 19 years old, yeah. millions of dollars. Yeah, you can. I, I mean, there is a chance. We all would have made, everybody would have made many, many mistakes. Some, you would hope you just didn't spend it all and go into debt after you got 1.5 mil when you're 19 years old. I would like it if they set up the payment structure somehow mm-hmm. where it's like, all right. I bet the schools are doing, the schools have to have groups of people like scrambling together to try to educate these guys on how to handle it and how to get paid and what to do. Yeah, I don't know how though. Yeah. So many people you need for that. I concur. And also, how do you tell people about their own personal decisions? You know? And especially like an 18, 19 year old. I know when some old stooge was telling me stuff like, I'm I'm you looking right know. through that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you have yeah. no idea. You don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. it that's because well, the whole- they're probably though. You know how those people are probably very condescending. Put their hand on my shoulder, kid. Yeah. What you need to do here, and he's trying to get me to funnel his money to his company or something. Well, see, yeah, you can't trust anybody either. But then they're trusting. What if they trust the wrong person? Like the agent game. That, yeah, that's where I feel like it could get. Cause you just, Parent, now you just got all game. these guys just gassing these kids up, and in college, obviously, like. 
That there's yeah. really that that could go very very bad. I feel like you yes. need to have guys like AJ come back and talk to the students, guys who like squandered all their money on celebrity yeah. sex tapes and foolish golf bets, exactly. and uh, kind of give them a, a of how tapes. it could go wrong. Why do you have those? What do I have? I don't know about that. I mean, the golf bets. I would be happy to pay you twenty million dollars. It's never going to happen. Whenever your golf bet, uh, you're so fucked. Yeah, you're have you heard? Wrong. Have you seen what this office has transformed into over here? Okay. You don't get it. You'll never get it. You're right. I won't get it. I never will. Well, I'm gonna get it. You know, and mm-hmm. that it is twenty million dollars of your money, man. Yep. I got thirty years now. Thirty. Wow, years are ticking away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had thirty-one. <laughs> I have thirty plenty years of time. to get that. Plenty of time. Plenty. I mean, when you're coming into work at a PGA Superstore, essentially, you're <laughs> gonna get better. That's what our next, That's what the Thunderdome is gonna have. Basically, it's gonna be. I'm looking at. I'm looking at some good uh, uh, workout equipment too to put in the gym. That is gonna help your golf swing too. We'll get, create some yes. more torque for it. Oh, how's the oh, Hawkeyes going? Have you already started? I made a design? few calls, man. Yeah, I've actually. You know, I don't talk on the phone. I've made a few calls and actually talked to people on the phone. Wow, Whoa. we appreciate that. Hey, man. You, hey, you know what you want. Bro, you better rise up the rankings of gym designers mm. in the world. Yeah. It's going to be expensive, though. You know that, right? No, this is your house. Yeah, it's out of your money. Yeah, what are you talking about? Oh, okay. About? It's going to be a different weight room now. But yeah. <laughs> hey, you better call C&J, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the Hawk House presented by C&J Basement. And let me know if that church does have a basement down there. We could we can try church. to help them with any kind of mustiness. Th- well, thank you, C&J. They'll, they'll save us thousands and thousands of dollars. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I don't know if that was a talking point or not. Maybe I just freeballed that one. <laughs> Freestyle, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's get out of here. Uh, let's get to a break. We'll be back in four with some phone calls on the 5 energy phone line. Big thanks to Ross Dowlinger. Yeah. Yeah, he also said in there uh, they don't have anyone to make an example out of. Whoever the first kid, they're going to we'll basically be like, all right, you know what? You're the one that we're going to start with and make sure you don't get this. Yeah, but remember, they're for the student athletes. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be against a school, right? They'll sanction like a school or a group of boosters or NIL things. Yeah, and they'll somehow only sanction a school that has no boosters. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, and that really gets The killed. schools that have actual boosters will be like, all right, yeah, they're really cracking down. Uh-huh. Thank you for doing that. Imagine being 18 years old. You have, I don't know, 150, 200,000 followers on Instagram, TikTok, and everything. Very very well liked amongst your peers your life you just wake up you dunk on people on seven on sevens all the time Mm -hmm. and then you're walking into like recruiting visits and you're walking in offices they're like we think you fall between like two hundred thousand two hundred seventy five thousand dollars uh we think a year so that's what we're willing to offer and we we would gladly love to have you have you and this guy's gonna take you out you're gonna have the nicest meal in town. Yeah. You're probably gonna go to the best bar, best club. You're gonna have VIP everywhere. Everything's gonna happen. And also, here's a car for you to drive home in. Mm-hmm. So, like, all right, hope you choose this school. It's like, okay, now tomorrow, I guess, I'm gonna have to wake up, be loved by everybody, dunk on some motherfuckers, then walk into another office, 300, 350,000. <laughs> like, that's what. Crazy. Could you imagine that? No. They better, someone better be checking a lot of these parents, too, because there's some parents that will take advantage of the money their kids are getting. I promise you that. I would have loved to heard Tim and Sally in these conversations at 18 years old if I was one of these guys. <laughs> How much are you saying? Did you say $750,000? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're going to this school. Yes, I appreciate it. This is where we're congratulations. I'd start I'd start Zillowing right there. I'd be like, I'm gonna rent a suite I'm gonna rent a fourteen thousand square foot house somewhere with a pool and I'm gonna be a college kid doing that. Yeah, well Tim and Sal too would be like, I, I think I I think a house would be over there. Moving in with you. We also like this one. Is this yeah, I mean, how do you not do that, right? I mean, how do you yeah. not because I think and I don't want to out anybody as anything, but I believe the old move was you actually give parents jobs at companies in the area. Yep. So you yeah. pay them a salary to do a job at a company that is a booster in the area. Then they get to be there. They have a job. It's their bank accounts that are earning the income, not the player. And it's just like a natural thing. I think that is what a lot of people have done. I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's happened in the past. People have gotten busted doing that. But I think I've snooped around and that is like the blueprint. I think that's the move. It's like what they do with high school. They recruit high school kids that way. Kid lives an hour and a half away. Yep. They have to have like residency, so they get them an apartment and they get their parents a gig in that city, so they can live there and go to that school and dominate and win the state state tournament. That's what we need to do a plum. All right, I'm building. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we got it. Right, I thought that's what all that money was for to recruit kids over there. Well, I was I was hoping it would be, but I guess next step is we have to put in an apartment. Plum is super yeah, nice, nice though, one. Man. I watched that that video of you going back. Like Plum is very nice. Yeah, it's a lot of farm. Got a lot of open area. I mean, like the high school, the facilities look very nice. Yeah, that was built. I forget what year. It got paintballed. Fucking first day, and then it's been stained with paintballs all over. You remember that? Uh -huh. They got a big fucking Mustang put in. I mean, it was this where the Plum Mustangs. It was an up. It was during my entire high school career. So when I was in junior high, they renovated the junior high. Then as soon as I got to high school, guess what? They renovated the entire high school. So I don't think I saw it. I don't think I had, yeah, I didn't experience the nice school that it is, but it is very nice. First week though, they put this big Mustang up, obviously some fucking asshole from Plum, classic. I mean, that's just what it is. Paintballs the entire thing. They try to clean it. You can't, it's just welts now on this entire thing. Wow. So it's on every, so it's like the outside has been obviously damaged by the, you know, just Plum people and probably people from other schools. But. Yeah, I, I I would like to really invest in that place. I want there to be some studs over there. I, I, honestly, our girls' soccer team is fucking really good. We create some Olympians over there. That'd be fucking awesome. I mean, that'd be something I'd really want to be a part of. You know what I mean? A lot of farmland. You just said plenty of room for apartment complexes. Here we go. Yeah. Well, that's how a neighbor school uh, got there. A lot of their players. Whoa. Yeah, he's talking about Gateway right now. I really? Yeah, yeah. That's what he's talking about. They got real good real quick. So they were in on it before ahead of their time, if you will. Well, yeah. Yeah, they were very good. That's what Plum needs to do. That's what we're going to do. Let's go. Also, I think there's like some esports arena going in there, Holy too. Holy shit. Right? Yeah. In Plum? Yeah. At the high school? Yeah. Who's putting it in, you think? You. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard it's happening. It is. <laughs> I think it is going to happen. That's something I wouldn't mind us. Just becoming a funnel into fucking esports as well. That'd be cool for the kids. Hey, yeah. PS5. A lot of the Italian body types around Plum, too. Probably oh, pretty yeah. good gamers. Mm -hmm. Good you know shit talkers. I mean? Oh, yeah. We could get the next Optic Scamp coming from Plum. That's what I'm talking It's Scump, dude. Let's go, dude. It's Scump. Scump. Who? Scump. Optic Scump. Is he part of FaZe Clan? Uh, he better not be because FaZe Clan is part of Optics. Bill's favorite athlete. What's he play? He plays everything. Bill has his plays fucking computer, PC, fucking PS5. But that's the thing, though. Like, real gamers, they use computers, right? They don't use Yeah, because it's faster and more. It's a high-level conversation like J.J. Reddick had with Tim Legler. That's right. The computer, you build. they actually build their own computers. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. There's an electronics store I go to to get stuff for here, and there's always a line out the door, and I always ask Bill about it. He's like, oh, they release these, like, new servers or internal parts of these computers processors graphics processor yeah it's because yeah. so it's faster any lag you're dead Literally. every day though every day there's a line out the door of this one place 4K every day bro. what store is it 
uh what microsystems or whatever one of those like real sweet technology stores really i, I didn't know there was any store on earth that had a line at it anymore 10 a.m <laughs> especially I can't not every, every day, day. No. Not every day. <laughs> by the way i am in line not online when i'm at a yes, store there there it is. Is. not from new york but i am on long island correct okay there you go. okay i'm okay. on long island on friday let's correct. go have a little respect for the place i was told because i guess a few days ago i said friday we're in long island <laughs> You're on Long Island. Yeah. Hope we don't go yeah. online when you're there. On you Long are. Island. Yeah, well, I will be on Long Island yeah. on Friday. Mm -hmm. And that line, I'm pretty sure, is all of the listeners of our show, Bill and Zito, new computers, because I feel like that. That Zito was getting two, three <laughs> computers a week there for a bit. Let's get people to a break. People sending them. Yeah, he was oh, finessing yeah. people. Oh, uh, by the way, Columbus is a new uh, Silicon Valley. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what they were saying with all that open yeah. land. Hey, here we go. Wow. wow. Intel. Well, Joe Biden mentioned Intel built like a. Eight hundred billion dollar facility they're putting in. So you guys are that. We got the warehouses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got, we got a lot of those too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. My daughter saw where she plays soccer. A new building that is like four football fields goes up every week. I feel like there's like eight of them stacked next to each other. That's happening out here. I guess that's what the a lot Servers. of farmland's going to become, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a book written where they're Columbus. fucking our farms. Yeah, yeah can't have farms. It. The heart of the next generation. Server farms now. Yeah, attack this yeah. week for cutting We're, my grass. Bill Gates is growing our fucking five yeah. back. What happened? Yeah, did you know that there's a section of human beings on this planet who if you cut your grass you are the worst human being on the earth what how where because it's bad for the bad for the planet you should just let the planet be as is Fuck you off. damn it your you're, it's like when you cut dead ends on your hair that you're, you're making it more healthy you don't have to tell me dude supposed bro to my that. lawn stinks i do not focus on the cutting of it now even back whenever i was in uh, the neighborhood that I lived in, I was terrible. I was a terrible neighbor. I did not take care of it. I let it grow up. It was by far the worst lawn in the entire place. The guy that cut it every single week had the nicest, freshest, purest grass of all time. Mm -hmm. You you care more for the land than those people. Apparently, you kill bees if you cut grass and fucking. You can't I'm walk in the grass bee either. Thing. I'm a I'm a team bee guy though, so let's. And that's a whole another. Nick, put your please, phone away, Nick. Buddy. Are we not all team Need bees? Bees got to be team yeah, bee. Where team are bees? the Fuck bees? wasps, but team bee all the way. Yeah, wasps are just little fucking terrorists of the sky, like those Canadian geese. Well, if they're in the backyard while I'm mowing on my fucking deer, I'm going to slice that thing's brains in two. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, pal. Yeah. It's fucking it. mowing season. We Move along. Bees. Is that what they're mad about? Is it? Were you slicing bees? Why did you have to describe I thought you were talking about well, geese. I was just thinking. You talking about the queen or the... The geese. The no, geese. The not the bees. No, the bees. Whatever no. comes in my fucking path. Okay. I'm thinking of the rotor head just going around just slicing a, any insect, really. Maybe a squirrel or something. Just slicing their head. <laughs> no, 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 two. no, 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 Deer to run on. Oh, AJ's got a question. Here we go. Quick, I just want to know, Ty, because this has happened to me, and I've I've never seen anybody do it. I I hope you're not doing this, Ty. If you're at a stop sign or whatever, and all the cars are stopped, and you have like 15 geese slowly waddling across the street, Ty, you don't jam the gas. No, no, come on. <laughs> Who does that? Nobody does. Come that. on. Nobody I haven't seen that. anybody do it, but Ty made me think he may be. That yeah, guy. well, you did have a little serial killer tendency there, the way you were describing well, your John Deere taking a tractor another round your lawn yeah. there. That's a beast. Yeah, that's the water hey, then you said in Then you said that. Well, hey, if he tries to, if he runs under, what am I going to do? Well, you don't you have to celebrate a... the win. Certainly. Well, not. I tell you what, I'm also not fucking up my lines in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that one? Wife runs out there. Dahmer. Dahmer was in the woods. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, he's cutting up the squirrel. That's what you're talking no, about. No, no, no. Exactly I'm not dismembering them with my hands. I'm Water saying. Water, Iowa. With your penis, dis maybe. 
Uh, whoa. Jesus. Whoa. Right. There's no reason. That gone. What's so funny? He turned them into zombies. <laughs> All right. We have now the incredible opportunity to chat with a Stanley Cup champion, a man that's been there, done that, has played for the Penguins before, and the Rangers. Oh. Predicting the downfall of BDD, Big Dick Domingue, Louis Domingue, just on his Twitter hours ago. Ladies and gentlemen, host of That's Hockey Talk and a host on NHL Network, Mike Rob. What is good? You tell me, dude. Not your predictions. <laughs> Those aren't good. What happened? What's going on? You don't think Louis Domingue is going to uh, continue to be incredibly hot? Sidney Crosby, after playing six periods, you think he's going to let the boys lose again? This is a clean sweep. We need a we need a week break. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need to rest up from that overtime game. The boys are trying to win. You think we got no shot tonight, Rupp? What's this all about? Feels like you hate Pittsburgh. Why is that? No, <laughs> no I don't hate Pittsburgh, man. Listen. It, this is it is so difficult in the playoffs to beat a team two games in a row, especially on their home ice. And the way it went down the other night, yeah, certainly they can win this game, man. They can win any game. Woo! But I just feel like I just feel like this <laughs> Rangers team is going to be a little bit different, a little bit different in this one. Um, yeah, it's just it's tough tough to win two in a row against the same squad, especially this close in a playoff series when you're just consumed. It's not like you play them today and then you play them. Next week, you have a couple games between. Like this is this is fresh on your mind. I think this Rangers team is going to come out flying here in the first. You covered a lot of things on that hockey talk last night. An incredible episode with King Henry on the show. Henry Gladquist, who I forgot that he had a heart thing. I asked him to come back to play for the Pens because we got a little bit of a goaltender. That was an awkward moment, I think, for all of us. But we powered through it. You spoke a lot about the first game, though, between the Pens and the Rangers. And obviously a lot of khakis in the stands. But you, you also talked about how there's a lot of blue-collar Rangers fans as well. Okay, I learned. I learned that. But you were also chit-chatting about how when the Rangers were cheating, you liked it. So the five-minute major <laughs> yeah. hit, elbow to the guy's jaw, leaving his feet. And a guy from Minnesota, you said, who already hits like a train. So he tried to kill this guy that thing turns it from a five-minute major which we would scored four goals probably mm -hmm. into a two-minute just regular basic ass penalty you said shouldn't have even been a penalty i'm like whoa oh my god rupper what are you even thinking here then uh, there's a goalie interference clearly goalie interference i mean i played ball hockey deck hockey uh -huh. growing up and i watched it i would know much more than you but and that was clearly goaltender interference and, and you said no nah, you didn't think so it was just it feels like you would like the rangers to win this series is that because the rangers are supposed to win this series are they supposed to win it this time is that yeah, what you're they're, they're supposed to they're supposed to um this is a, you know that rangers team has owned the penguins in a pretty substantial way all season so that's why that game was so huge for pittsburgh no i'm not rooting for either team in this situation mm -hmm. i'm not saying i want the rangers to win i'm just like when i'm watching that game that hit by ryan lingering on ricard raquel like that's the problem that I find in in hockey. We're trying to, we're learning about the concussions. We're trying to change the game. There's a big push to do it. I understand Ohio. why we're doing it. I'm not an idiot, right? Um, but you know, at the same rate, when you don't know a guy is coming to hit you, when you don't see him, you don't brace yourself. I don't care what it is. You're going to get your head is going to get some sort of you're going to get whiplash, you're going to get a conky, or you're going to get a concussion from getting hit in the face. Like something's going to happen. Ricard Raquel had no idea that Ryan Lingren was coming. I thought it was a really clean hit. Terrible results. I don't like seeing dudes getting up and falling down and looking like kind of Bambi on ice. So um, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, a nasty one. Then the play in the crease at the end. 
it was funny because I was talking with uh, on that talk talk, and I was telling these guys like, I'm doing Colby Armstrong and I are doing the Pittsburgh broadcast, the pre and post with Jay Caulfield, Rob King, and we're in there in the AT&T Sportsnet studio, and this happens at the end of the game. I'm like. That's a goal. They're reviewing. I'm like, that's a goal. Army, uh, Army's like, that's no goal. That's Thank no you, goal. Man. I'm like, dude, it's a goal. Like and that. and we started sitting there. And the more time you watched it, I started moving towards his view, and he started moving towards mine. <laughs> so I think that that kind of just shows, man, this was a 50-50 call. It went the Penn's way. They got a huge win in that first game. Love that. Huge. Hey, Rupper, we were talking about the NFL helmets and how they all, they make all these new space age looking things. It seems I feel like hockey has kind of stuck with what you guys have had for a long time, and I've got my hands and actually put on a hockey helmet, that thing doesn't do anything. Like, that's not protecting anybody, is it? <laughs> uh, it I mean, it's certainly not like a football helmet. Um, you know, it's, They're so uh, light. Yeah, they're so light. They, 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 they'll change the technology all the time, you know, and, and, and use some yeah, – there it is. Hey, is that, is that Phil Borks? What's that? That one – that's Phil Borks, man. It, <laughs> that's on the back Francis. of those helmets, it says not intended for use on the back of that thing. That's what Borky used. Yeah, yeah, look well, at that. Yeah, it gets, I mean, it is just a basic plastic bucket. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's all you guys are well, I'm not sure we're wearing those ones anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you get it, though. It is much smaller than the NFL ones, and I think yeah. there's always been an interesting thing because, you know, Tom Wilson, when he started making his run of being, like, the goon of the league, he was having, like, headshots. Like, it was like he was timing up his shoulder checks for headshots almost, and guys were getting knocked out at a very regular basis. And I think yeah. this is at the same time as concussion information was kind of becoming the forefront of conversation in the sports world. Is there any adjustments to the rules that you guys make? Because, I mean – I know they try to slow down fighting, but fighting makes the game better. Those big time hits, and I didn't like seeing Dick Rickle get fucking no, pounded man. like that. Mm-hmm. But those big thing, big time hits are like what people in the arena. I mean, there's big pop in the arena whenever a hit like that happens. It's still what hockey is, though, isn't it? At its core, you think? It is, and I think that's the part I kind of struggle with. Is and and I guess what I was referring to on the Raquel thing because we were we were talking last night too during our show. We're watching. I mean, how many huge hits in that Boston and Carolina? Oh, game? Yeah. Oh my God. Like a lot of dirty ones, too. too. I mean, that was... Non-stop. Boom, boom. Machine guys no. going everywhere. So, it, my, my big thing, though, it's like there's they're trying to, and not just in the NHL, we're talking every league going down to youth hockey. They're trying, which I agree with. You've got to fix the hitter, the guy hitting. But the, the, the player receiving the hit, it, until there's a responsibility put on them, too, we're not going to see it ever go away. Because what we see is, oh, he can't hit me here, so I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? Uh. It's a fast game. So, you know, that's that kind of all part of it. To go off what AJ was saying, yeah, so the helmet technology changed. Uh, or They're changing, like, different, you know, st- uh, stuffing or padding, I should say, on the inside. And it's kind of funny. Um, you guys remember the great Mark Messier, right? Um, when I was playing, actually, for the Rangers, Mess is, um, you know, he's around the Rangers. He's a Hall of Famer. And. Uh, he came out with a helmet company. It was called the Messier Project. And uh, he came down with the helmet by the locker room. And he's like, he wanted some of us to wear them. And I don't know, I, when I played, I was a sucker for, I mean, I didn't care. I'll wear, I'll wear a Nike helmet. I'll wear Bauer skates. I'll wear CCM gloves. I'll use a, you know, a Shearwood stick. It don't matter. I'll use anything. All the comp- You want to pay me to use your, your twig? All I'm doing is flipping it out and flipping it in, dude. Like, that's fine. I'll take it. So, anyways, uh, mess, mess came and he's like, wanted me to wear this helmet. He's like, yeah, just try it out. I tried this fucking helmet out. It looks like everyone, it, you look like a zoo. You know what I mean? Like, it, it looked like a, a spaceship. Yeah. Uh, and guys are like, yeah, that are you? And I kind of felt like mess wanted me to wear it in a game. 
tell me, and he's like, can you wear it in the game? Can you wear it in the game? So I'm like, fuck. I'm like, yeah, all right. So I wore it in the game. And my headshot for the Rangers that year, in like program everything, is that one fucking game where I'm wearing the spaceship helmet. Yes. I got the big M right on my forehead. It's terrible. So, yeah, they've tried different things, but a lot of it doesn't stick. Guys are so like, this is what I do. This is what I wear. I, and they want, they want, they don't want bulky equipment. It's the same exact thing in the NFL, literally. Same exact conversation in Messier, Ranger legend, right? Yeah. There's definitely a reason why that was the, the shot in the, hey, can you make sure that the photo of, of oh. Rupp in here is my helmet, mm-hmm. too? That'd be, that's good business, you know. I, did that helmet never caught on, I assume? No, it never, uh, it never, it never caught on. It wasn't. There's a few players wearing it, kind of phased out, but that's what it is. Guys want to wear, they want to wear their the, the same shit they've worn since they were, you know, little kids playing the game. They want those brands. They, they, you, you wear a certain kind of skates, you never switch. Like it's, it's really hard. I think for equipment companies to make players switch sticks and switch skates for sure. Well, routine, you know, creatures. I mean, that's just kind of yep. creatures of habit. If this is what I use, this is what I use forever. Hopefully, they'll pay me. Hockey's such an interesting business. I don't really understand. hockey. There's like no marketing really for the players. Hey, don't be different really for a long time. But now I feel like we're starting to learn more and more, which I think is good for hockey. But the hockey culture is so like it feels like. Oh, you know, I'm just trying hard, trying to fucking help my team. You know, <laughs> yeah, we had a good pass there. You know, and. Oh, the boys really set me up nicely there. It was really good. What do you guys got to do in the third period? Well, hopefully we try our hardest, you know, and they're fucking, we'll be able to win or whatever. Thank you so much. Like, that is what hockey has always been. Has it, like, literally. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> hockey has a really specific, I guess, upbringing or culture that I think is changing, like, everything, everything nowadays. So it's changing in a different direction, but. You know, I, I think that that's the, the big wrestling point and a big point that people get stuck on is the physicality of it. And, uh, you know, not to go back to that, but it's like that's the big thing where it's like, well, hey, this isn't the Stone Age anymore. Like, we, okay, yeah, no, I know. There's no there's no straight-up fires. Like, you're not on an NHL roster, and it hasn't been like that for a number of years. If you're, you're not on a roster just to fight, it used to be like that. You'd have your guy like that. So it's moving in that direction. But even marketing, like you're mentioning, Pat, you're right on with that. The, the, the league's starting to get better, and, and the players and the players' association, everyone's starting to market the players a little bit more because I think that's what you have to do. Yes. You have to. It's like the name of the game. Sidney Crosby's the greatest player of all time. No motherfuckers know him. If, I was the, if he was to walk through Indianapolis, Indiana, I think yeah. he would just be able to get right through. Just go. go. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's there's no reason for that, you know. So no, I I hope I, I played when I played in. Um, it was funny when I was in New Jersey. Um, the great Lou Lamarillo is GM. He's a you know GM for the Islanders now. He's very strict with everything. We had to be. That's probably why I have a beard now. I was in that organization so long. No beards, cleanly shaven every day. You know, tie always has to be up. He's a professional way, like a kind of a military approach to everything. And it was awesome, and it won. And I remember at that time, though, he never wanted guys to get any kind of endorsement deals, anything locally. Like, I mean, you know, you have those funny, those funny ass like uh, oh, C and J consultant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thousands yeah. and thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, you're like come on down to you know whatever, and you you see the athletes on there. It's fucking hilarious. It's great. It's a good little little thing to do. No one ever did that. So I played with Marty Berdour, who I think is the best goalie to ever play the game. Guys, I never saw this guy on a billboard. I never saw his face on an ad. It was always just the logo. And I'm like, dude, this guy, like you're talking the best ever, right? So, um, you know, I think that we're getting past that now, and that was a long time ago, so things are certainly changing from that regard. It's good for the sport, especially for those of us that grew up in a hockey town. 
to talk to other people that aren't from one. It's like, no, this is a great sport. You should watch it. And then they watch the playoffs. And you're like, hey, this is crazy. But the playoffs are only finite, you know, and then it's kind of move on. It's an interesting thing. I think the game is going to grow, though. It has to. Connor, go ahead. Yeah, Robert. Speaking of <laughs> uh, big hits, the Hopper, Hoppus Lindholm got absolutely obliterated behind the net. I think Pat was alluding to that in the Bruins-Carolina game last night. How hard is it going to be to replace, you know, one of your six defensemen? Uh, and is he definitely out for the series? Because he got absolutely absolutely obliterated oh yeah he that was a tough that was a big hit and that guy that's the other part about it too it shows how fast the game is like Hampus Lindholm's been around a long time he's a vet he knows the game great defenseman great at it the trade deadline I mean for a team that already's looking a little shaky (laughs) that's saying it light in this series losing him that, that that hurts a lot man so uh you know I know you and I were were uh Bruins are dead thought pasta was going to come out with the big night but me that, too robs fucking told yeah. everybody but yeah, i think everybody. uh i think brad marchand brad marchand will get on the score sheet he's that guy to look to in game three to kind of like i don't all right this guy's out cool we're getting our asses kicked cool i'm gonna go out there and do my thing and Hell he's yeah. a difference maker so look for him to do something is kachetkov playing goalie for the uh the kaniacs next game or not because i actually saw marchand uh baseball bat him after yeah. a give and take yeah. in the middle of it that was awesome that was a good little joust <laughs> there yeah, no, it was cool. I mean, I wouldn't say cool. I just love seeing hatred. Me too. You know, I, I sit there and I say, you know, people are talking about the, the game and the Stone Age. When you say stuff like that, like, people just want to take you literally, like, oh, I love that. Like, I want to see fucking 10 guys on the ice baseball swinging each other. No, we I do don't not. We do not want to see that. No, no. Yes, definitely do not want to see that. But what I, I like, I, I like when you Maybe just, but playoff series and you're never getting everything you can out of your group until you hate the other group. That's why certain matchups are naturally, you know they're going to be good. If you're playing in a series against a team that you really don't have any crazy history against, it's you need someone to go out there and just try to throw some gasoline on the fire. You got it. And uh, so Brad Marchand is the king of doing that. He did that. He got fined, uh, $5,000. So Bullshit. he knows for him. And Kachekov will, uh, yeah, he wasn't hurt or anything. So he'll, he'll be back in there for... Uh, um, for game three. I like that deep hatred, especially when your name's Igor Shkersky yeah. and you're waving mm-hmm. at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you know, because cool. you have had a great season against the Penguins or whatever. And then all of a sudden, when the playoffs come, you just get dunked on and dunked on <laughs> and dunked on again. And then, Gino, hold on. Hey, game one, he, he was. He uh, gave up four goals. Gave up four goals. Yikes. I gave up four second goals. Most saves. Second most saves in playoff history. Gave up four but, goals. I saw it. Yeah, not enough saves. Gave up four goals. Yeah, it was unbelievable. He was fucking outrageous. So was Casey to Smith. Yeah. That's why All I went. Of yes, it was insane. That game was awesome. Ratings up, too, which is good news. Perfect game for it. Go ahead, Tone. Yeah, Rupper, we're talking about throwing gasoline on the fire. Um, after 82 games uh, during the regular season, the way I like to do it is I like to take my CCM after 82 games and fucking face wash a guy what's your favorite way to get under guy's skin uh during the playoffs <laughs> uh yeah just doing shit like that man just doing like just uh, anything you can think of just to you know you're taking a face off and you just it's like you invade their space you stand in their personal space they're like you know then you get to you kind of get a gauge when you lean on a guy in a face off like what he what he has the appetite for if you lean on him and it's a wet noodle, you're like, oh, I'm going to have my way with this guy. If you lean on him and he's got a little pushback or he gets you, lets you know, like, little fuck you, gives you a little <laughs> shot, and you're like, all right, here we go. So um, I, I think the big thing in the playoffs, I don't know, it's kind of funny when you watch it. It feels like just part of it when you're out there playing. It's kind of silly, like, when you watch because 
now that I'm not playing, you, it, there's a whistle in front of the net. And, like, if you just stand there, that's what I always used to say to guys, too. Like, you don't have to fight. You don't have to go in there if you don't know how to be that or that's not your personality. Just just, just stand there a little bit longer than you're supposed to. Whistle. Stand in front of the goalie and just look at him. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to. It's like it's like you fucking did the worst thing of the worst, and everyone's going <laughs> to oh. come in and right in the face. You know what I mean? So it's like that's all you got to do. I don't know why. It's kind of funny when we look at it like that. Every whistle, just loiter around a little bit longer. Drag your feet getting out of the crease. You know, just stand there. Guys guys lose their mind for some reason. All it takes is one little dumb penalty to go against the other team because they're, they're pissed off at you. You get a power play goal, it could change the series. Hey, that's part of the game. That's part of the strategy, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it is part of it, man. It's, um, you know, there's a, that's what the playoffs, even like in game one in that uh, Toronto and Tampa series, Kyle Clifford, big physical guy. People were surprised he was in the lineup for Jason Spezza, who um, is more of a skilled guy, right? But uh, they wanted to have some pushback. Well, you got to handle that emotion right. This is like first or second shift of the game. He comes in, he gets a five-minute major tossed from the game. Yes. He's, uh, you know, he got <laughs> four suspended. goals. But like, yeah, they he, that could have lost them the game. Thankfully for the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they were they, they killed that five-minute major off and, and they end up winning the game. But that that's kind of part of it. Like you have to bring your emotion to here. Well, you got to funnel it the right way. You do some one stupid thing, it literally could change the entire series. So, yeah, you push everyone's buttons, but you got to be smart about it. Rupper, I know this guy is uh, hurt, but he, he likes to push people's buttons and dominate people. But Tom Wilson, what are your thoughts on him, and what does he bring to a team? Bro, the Capitals were not supposed to do what they were supposed to do. How come everybody just loved this brand-new Panthers team over the fucking Capitals or champions? That, that was surprising to me whenever I was watching that game and uh, you see Ovechkin celebrating everything, you know? And they were like, well, the Panthers are heavily favored. And I'm like, over that fucking thing. I guess it's because Tom's hurt. But that team is always good. And Tom is like somebody I wish was a Penguin. I fucking wish that guy was a Penguin. Yeah, he. so, I mean, I think that's part of it, too. It's like t Tom Wilson is that – He's that nuclear weapon in the NHL right now, oh, yeah. and it's different. He can do like, he he can fight anybody and most likely beat everybody up. Uh, but the the bigger thing is he he plays with Ovi. Like he's good. Like he's a really good player, and he's huge. He hits like a truck. He's uh you know he's jacked. He can skate like the wind. He's attractive. I mean, he's he's he, smart. Yeah, he's funny. He's like, funny. He's you, charming. It, you look at this guy and he recovers it's like, fast. He's a uh, he, he's a he's a unicorn. There's no one like him in the league. And so I remember this guy after they won the cup. I think it was after they won the cup. He signed a, a big deal for uh, a guy that plays with those kind of elements. Um, signed a massive deal. You know how the internet works. Everyone just starts destroying this guy. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, can't you be happy? Like, can't you just be happy? Everyone, everyone, make money. Go yes. do your thing. You know, like, what are we what are we shitting on people for? Like, good for him. And uh, I did a I did a shoot in uh, Washington. And I saw him and I started talking to him. And like, you know, it's just it's he was he was feeling that. But at the same time, it's like, hold on a second, you got to look at yourself. And I'll tell you this: if you are playing on a Sidney Crosby's line, um, Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, Austin. if you're playing on that Stoner. line and they don't want to play on your line, you say Stoner. On Stoner's yeah. line, uh, if you're playing on the on their line and they don't really want to play with you, guess what? You're not fucking playing with them. They're gonna go in there and tell the coach like, "Nah, get this guy out of here," you know. So Tom Wilson gets to play with Obi. I'm like, you have the endorsement of playing with a guy who might be the all-time greatest goal scorer. Your team paid you a shit ton of money. 
Every other team out there would trade anything for you. The Washington Capitals have you as an untouchable. I mean, this guy can do everything. So, um, yeah, man, he's he's. this is his time to shine. You saw, like you mentioned, AJ got banged up the other night. I don't know what, what's going on with him, but if he's out, that's a huge loss because that was a huge win for them in game one because I didn't think they had a chance. Yeah, that's that's what everybody thought. I, I don't understand that. Are they still the same fight? Is Kuznetsov on that fucking team? Oh. Yeah. Is he? Like, what? These guys just get old? And I saw, is Ovechkin not just sniping dimes <laughs> in the net? Like, what, what happened? Is, is the Florida Panthers just that good? The Florida Panthers, the Florida Panthers, I think, had the – most goals in the league this year. Their offense is silly. Uh, but the problem is, is that they, they've they won games a lot this year. They call them the comeback cats, right? Because they're falling behind the games and they're like scoring six goals in the third period and they're yeah, doing they're some finished. crazy shit. They've been oh, a really yeah, fun team to watch. Like a casual fan, you might want to root for those guys. Like they, it's, they're, they're hilarious to watch because they're never, ever out of a game. They can blow up and, and put, you know, five, six up in a period. But uh, they haven't really had to deal with we haven't seen how they navigate through games of adversity. I mean, they've been so good. They can play a shitty game and still win 4-1 like because they, they, they score four goals. Like You know what I mean? So uh, they're, they're starting to maybe see it a little bit here. I, but as far as like Ovi and the Caps, their big thing was their, their goaltending. They didn't have great goaltending. They didn't really have a, a, a true starter. So I thought that's what made them vulnerable. Best offense versus a team who doesn't know who their goalie is. Like That seems like it's a pretty easy recipe there, but... Uh, Caps proved them, proved everybody wrong in game one. Penn's, Penn's got three goalies, so yeah. Yeah. maybe four. Who yeah. knows? I don't even know this uh, next guy that's potential. Diorio. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Diorio. Yeah, he's uh, Diorio's player, that guy. Oh, Go, yeah. Gumpy, your question for Stanley Cup champion, Mike Rupper. Yeah, Rupper, is Texas hockey going <laughs> to absolutely steal one in Calgary tonight or what? I almost couldn't even listen to the question. Can you put Gumps back on again? That was incredible. <laughs> Is what? Texas hockey going to win or not, <laughs> Ruffer? Answer the question, uh, Ruff. Plus 200 tonight, for Ooh. Christ's sake. Yeah, I, Calgary's a tough barn. <laughs> Calgary's a tough, tough, tough barn. They lost game one, one nothing. That leaves me to think. Like, Calgary won one nothing, And Calgary is a much better team all year than, than Dallas. That makes me think, like, did Texas hockey miss their chance? Oh. You know what I mean? It, it, was, it was one nothing. Yeah, like your goaltender put it in an unbelievable Jake Ottinger put in a crazy performance. I wish I could tell you the otherwise gums. I think they go down 0-2. I think they go back to Dallas. No, they're Dallas, dead. Texas Hockey's dead. Down, yeah. Dallas, no, 0-2's Dallas, a good place to be. All right, anyways. Bruins are dead. No. Texas Hockey's dead. Um, see ya. See you later. Pens are going to be the only team that's going to survive because yeah. they're beating the khakis tonight. Whether you like it or not, Rob. Hey, why are you – yeah, hold on, though. You're, 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 you're taking – you're taking what I'm saying for other teams being dead is is gospel, but then you're saying that the Penguins are, are going to win. So what is it? Well, you I believe know, in me? I know more about the Pens than any of these other teams. <laughs> to be honest, right, when fair. he says Texas hockey, it takes me a moment to remember who the fuck he's at. Is that the name of the actual team? Like, is this Washington football team situation? <laughs> and then it's like, no, this is Dallas Stars. Okay, of course that's who he's talking about. That's I, So obviously I'm going to listen to you on that team. Right. No, it makes sense. Total sense. But the pens I know inside out. Me and are you kidding me? Me, Ron Francis, Tommy Barasso. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. We used to just hit the ball around on the street there. Well, you know what I mean? We do Same that whole more. thing. Uh speaking of ball hockey, world champion Nick Moraldo, your question for Rupper. Uh Ruppy, you talked earlier about having the mental edge in the playoffs and getting in a guy's face and kind of throwing him off his game. Can you tell us about the time you took your big bear paw, your big mitt, and took a swipe at your yeah. best friend, Marty Brodor, punched him right in the mouth? What? Why are you doing that? Yeah. Ah, yeah, so uh, 
Yeah, that was uh, so. I was I was disowned as a New Jer- Jersey Devils alumni for a little while, but I was able to get back in good graces. But uh, so yeah, so I'm playing biggest rival for the the Devils, New Jersey Devils, and New York Rangers. I grew up playing in the Devils organization, won a cup there. Marty was the big reason. Marty basically door door delivered us the Stanley Cup, and now I'm playing for the Rangers. And fast forward probably nine years later, I'm playing for the Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Winner goes to the Stanley Cup. And we're in the series. We got zero emotion. Like, we're burnt. We played two, two, uh, two series of seven games each prior to that one. The Devils were like a buzzsaw, man. They're taking it to us. So uh, I think we're losing the game like 3 nothing. Torts puts me out there for a face-off. And I go out there, and I know in this situation, he's put me out there after this goal by the Devils. Like, we got to try to change some momentum. Okay. He didn't tell me anything. didn't say what to do. I didn't even know what I was going to do. I was just like, I got to start. I got to piss someone off here. I got to get like some emotion back into our group and uh so send yeah, in again. What, what's that send in the disruptor the game's like th- the game's like three nothing or whatever it is i go in there and i finish a hit i hit a guy really really i thought it was fine i hit him good and the referees i think just they understood what my demeanor was there so they just gave me a penalty just to get me off the ice you know and so I was pissed. I, like, pull my mouth guard. I'm, like, yelling at the ref. And then as I'm skating by, I see my boy Marty, Marty Berdour, standing right there. And I just reached across and just, it wasn't, a, it was an open fist, shoved right, like, in the chin and chest. And he threw back into the crossbar. And it just started as melee. And guys are flying in, jumping, and, cr- and trying to hit me in the head. And, uh, yeah, and I got tossed from the game. But um, it ended up not working. Like, we ended up losing, I think, that series. And, uh in five days but hey it did it did stir up the boys though the boys that came in the room like we just got our asses handed to us and they came in they're like that was fucking awesome but uh it, lo- it took a little bit of time uh marty and i made up over beers a couple years back so uh you know i can show my face again back in new jersey he was probably so pissed yeah oh. guy i know i'm also goat status at this point a little uh, respect please for me and you just blindside him with you motherfucker he, <laughs> he probably had to be so angry about that thing Honestly, yeah. you never, I don't know. He, I don't know. He didn't talk to me. So uh, I don't know how mad he was, but yeah, we're good now. We're good now. That's all that matters. Yeah, but that's the thing. You know, I had to do it for his team. Like, come on, man. You I'm no free passes. We're talking about going to the cup finals. Yeah, right. You you benefited from this, Marty. Yeah. yeah. The same exact shit. I used to just blindside goalies all the time. <laughs> You're welcome. Go ahead, Foxy. Yeah, Rupert. Who are the Red Wings going to hire to save the franchise and ultimately save the NHL at the end of the day? The Red Wings are dead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So dead. Hey, you know what? The answer might be right under their noses there, Foxy. You know why? Because whoever runs their social media team put a three-and-a-half-minute video today of Detroit Red Wings season highlights. If you could find three and a half minutes worthy of highlights from this, like, like, fucking hire that person. Like that person, <laughs> a lot about you. I agree. Because it was three and a half minutes. A lot of scenics. A lot of scenics. A lot of shots of the city. In this talk. But, but they, that's maybe you know no. But hey, the, the, the wings. The wings are uh, the wings are a tough one because I've been telling you this all year. I actually really, really, really believe they have a, a bright future. Yeah. No way. No way. No way. Yeah. No yeah, way. Let's go. Forty or fifty games this year. Where I'm like, hey, they're fine, man. They took a step forward. This is a different team. They got some weapons. We've got they got some young guns in that group. And then like the last twenty five games, thirty games, 
they just went right back to what they were over the last number of years. Like, oh, oh, no. no. They are who like, we uh, thought they were. They start this, this, this next year has got to be different. Like, they need to go. They, they don't have to make the playoffs, but they have to play meaningful hockey. Like, Vancouver was they were very a very long shot of making the playoffs at the end of the year but they at least played meaningful hockey all the way to game 79 80 okay that's what the wings need to do next year if they don't do that i think you come in i they already they already fired the coach right that's yeah right. if i think a new coach they got a new culture eiserman sitting up there just collecting a paycheck letting mm-hmm. the boys run right into the mud Bingo. who's it going to be who's going to be the coach fucking Scotty Bowman. he said the fucking uh, social media manager yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of good candidates out there. A lot Tor- of good Spring Tortorello, Dotsuk. I think they're gonna. Awesome. I think they're gonna wait till the playoffs are over to probably name someone because you know how these playoffs go. One of these coaches, if it doesn't go, oh, some of these teams have a lot of pressure. There might be some more coaches available um, if teams get swept or knocked out early. Hey, congrats! Well, you just you yeah. just lost in the playoffs. Now you get a death sentence. <laughs> Come on up to Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe Sidney Crosby die. loses, retires, and then coaches the Red Wings. Sidney Crosby's still the best player in hockey. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's the best. The best uh, on both sides, like the best uh, complete player. Yes. The best game off- of hockey. Yes, but the best complete player. Like, give me a guy that could do everything. He is the guy. If you're just gonna say, give me offense. He's very good still, but he's not the best in that department. But all-around oh, player, oh. yeah, 100% the best Not the one, best so. still. What are you talking about? Gensel was about to get every fucking hat from every khaki in New York the other night. Yeah, you know why? Because he plays on Sid's line. Yeah, unless Bill Carr's ringing the bell tonight. Hey, I can't yeah. believe that. I am. All right, who's winning it all? I would like you uh, to make a prediction right now. Who wins it all? Um, I got Tampa right now. I mean, these things are these things are ever-changing, man. Oh, Listen, I can't, man, and just to go off what we talked in the top, I I picked the Rangers to win this round after Game One. Uh, I thought it was going to be a short series for the Rangers oh. after Game One. The way oh, the Penguins dominated Jesus. periods two through Jesus. the third overtime, I'm like, this is going to be a series, man. It's going to go a long time. I'm not there yet to say the Pens are going to win, but it's a good series. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I after Game One, I picked Tampa. Tampa looked like shit in Game One, and uh, but they came back last night in, in a big way. So I think I think Tampa three peats, man, three in a row. Oh, really? All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for all the uh, you know great stories and insight. But you need to stop with this anti-Penguin yeah. favoritism because you were a journalist who made a prediction of the Rangers, and then it was not it wasn't working out that way. Okay, it is what all it right. is. Reality is the hey. Pens and the Pens. What if the Pens win? You're going to want me to pick Rangers every game the rest of the way, no? No, I don't believe in it. I don't believe, I'm not a child. Yeah, I that <laughs> Yeah, but you are putting that out in the universe that the Rangers are going to beat the Pens, so let's fucking stop that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Stanley Cup champion, host of That's Hockey Talk and on NHL Network, Mike Rupp. Thank Yay! you, buddy. I love that, man. Yeah, he's the best. The best. It's awesome. He's just an, he's a hockey you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Much cooler. No, hockey guys are the best. Like, hockey guys have the best stories. They're, yeah. They're fun. Yeah, they're big booze bags, too. And oh, somehow none of their stories ever get out. And that's almost like they're so good at keeping bad stories out, but they're also really good at keeping good stories out, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, the hockey's really good at just letting, mm-hmm. letting any information out. This is a lockdown situation. No bad stories are getting out. Guess what? No good stories are getting out either. Nope. Ain't nobody going to know about us except for the cities we're in. That feels like that may be changing. Let's go, hockey. I hope so. Because every time you hear one of these stories, they are absolutely hilarious. And you're right. It's like, oh, okay, well, I 
you know, never knew this guy even existed. But, that, no but idea. here he is. Yeah. Fucking, how about him just face washing Marty Brodeur? Unbelievable. Um, did you see AJ grind his teeth in the dust when rapper mentioned a mouthpiece? Yeah. I, by the way, <laughs> no. I was going to stop him talking. You need to in hockey. Hockey, you need, not for concussions, just for the puck. You will lose oh, some wow. You've already yeah. been presented with this case wow. before. Yes. Yeah, that was no, an answer sense. quick. It makes complete sense. You don't have a face mask on. Of course you no, should wear a mask. I agree, but you you have thought about this before. You have given an answer. You have been tried by the hockey community in the mouth guard conversation, and you have said, no, no, it's for the puck. You That was an incredible answer. Yeah, quick. That was very good. Nice job, AJ. Hey, did you know that Tampa Bay won the last two Stanley Cups? Yeah, they're yeah. cheating too with salary cap. And we were actually down there the last time they won it. Go, Go Boats. Go Boats. Go Boats. They are now, I believe, 15-0 and 0 off after a loss. So pretty good gambling opportunity if they lose a game. They're big. They're fast. They're powerful. They've won before. It's like they're an easy team to pick. And, and the community is behind them. Oh, yeah, big time. Down in Tampa, they do love the Lightning. We will say. Uh, Rupper described their goalie last night, Andre Vasilevsky, as basically Gronk. In hockey pads, playing goalie, he's like six six. Most goalies are built like Foxy and myself, kind of skinny stooges. Vasilevsky, they call him the Big Cat. He's a monster. Big Cat on the Lightning, not to be confused with the other cats, the Florida Panthers, yeah. the comeback cats. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Big Cat's playing goalie for Tampa Bay, which is a Lightning, which is a Storm reference, which wasn't made there. No, but the uh, the comeback cats are the Florida Panthers. They can be down. They'll come back. That is right. Yeah. Yep. Many vastly different cats there. What's going on? He also said the Capitals goalie, uh, not the one that started last game. You could find at any arena at any game, any <laughs> night of the week. Jeez, no, it was please. the one that started. Last game. Oh, the one that started last game. Yeah. It's a bit of a shot. And he won. So he said he's a bad goalie. Bad goalie. He was referencing more so his gear. He doesn't have, like, you know, goalies usually look pretty sharp. All yeah, gear. it's a part of the costume. Long it's a soccer goalie, same thing, right? Oh, yeah. The costume's a big this deal. This one necessarily does not give a fuck. He'll just wear whatever and do whatever. Kind of like that guy. Kind of like that guy. Kind of like that guy. All right, color. we got to get to a break. Nah, we might as well just run this out. Pretty much. Yeah. Hey, the Florida Panthers uh, GM's name, I believe, is Bill Zito. Any relation? Zito? Zito? Uh, no relations. Cleared that up. Thanks. Put it on the ticker. Right. Damn. Yeah. Let's go to the phone. Let's go to the five hours. I don't think anybody knows Zito's name anyway. So. No. True. His well, that's why we're kind of excited to know if Zito was the last name potentially. Let's go to the phones. Maybe next time. Maybe. Let's go to Aaron in Mississippi. <laughs> M-I. S-S-I. S-S-I. P-P-I. What's going on, Aaron? Hey, happy Cinco de Mayo, Panda Boy. Hey, happy Cinco de Mayo. Tequila here, huh? Little Cavassi. What? Ladies, man. Hey, uh, recent <laughs> listener of the pod, and I just had a quick question for the boys. Um, it is Thursday, so I was wondering if y'all were going to attend the um, Titty Sucking Thursday event tonight. Jesus. And, yeah, they're um, going. Aaron, great call. Oh. Great call. That was good. You guys heading to the Titty Sucking what Thursday? What the hell is he talking about? It's Cinco de Mayo. I didn't know. You guys, you guys heading uh, yeah. the staple of st- Cinco de Mayo. The journey's in town. I'm head Donner. What, what he was going to ask about was going to be a great conversation, too. I'm happy we went to Titty Sucking Thursday. <laughs> what was he going to ask about? Jerry Jones, I think. Oh. oh. So oh, what he gave oh. us like a minute and a half uh, you know, shot clock to talk about that. That would have been a perfect. Is Jerry perfect. okay? He's all right. Yep. Listen, it feels like he was about to be better than ever. Yeah. Is that where Jerry was going? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Feels like Jerry was better than ever and then uh, ended up in in a goddamn hospital, that guy. Yeah, unfortunately. Why is he driving? Yeah. Why is Jerry driving? He needs a limo. 
You should just take that bus everywhere he goes. Ooh. Even if he's heading to part of town that they're saying he was headed to. Right. Take the goddamn bus down there. Probably get a better deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do. A couple more. Allegedly, Jerry was living is what the internet said, but the internet is gonna let their jokes fly regardless. Jerry's okay, they said, and very alert. His draft card was deciphered by a internet sleuth, though. <laughs> yeah. We'll continue that conversation on the other side of YouTube. Chris Mad Dog Russo is next. Cheers. Nailed it. Nice. <laughs> Let's go, huh? Fucking nailed it. Even like announced like a post show. On the yeah. screws. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, we have a post show. Tease. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Felt good. That's big time. Yeah, so uh, the draft card that Jerry showed whenever he was questioned about his pick because he picked a guy from Tulsa and everybody had questions. And he started saying, well, I, you won't see where we fucking had him. We had him. <laughs> he did this whole thing. He held it up. And then Stephen Jones goes, don't show him that. Jesus. And Mike McCarthy goes, ho, ho. And that was kind of the entire interaction. And we thought at first that it wasn't able to be picked up because of how far away the cameras were and I think how startled everybody was that it was happening and with the way, you know, cameras record things and how it's felt, whatever the case. People figured it out mm-hmm. on the internet because of how long the names were, how long the schools were, how long like every all the information, the height and the variables were. They were able to figure it out. And both the top two on the Cowboys draft board were taken by that New York football oh, 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 giant. Thibodeau, wow. Evan Neal, number one and two for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, they both end up at the New York Giants within the division. But... I wonder how many others had the draft board the exact same way and how many others in the future will give away their entire rating of the entire draft directly after the first round. That would be awesome if that would continue that. Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Me neither. I mean, who gives a shit? People are making it out to be a big deal. I think we even said, like, oh, what a... This would be tough. This is a tough look to come back from. Kind of a Logan Roy move. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of a Logan Roy move here. You know, kind of uh, maybe is he, um, what a vote of confidence here if you're showing your entire yes. draft card to the cameras or whatever. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Isn't Who it cares more? what they ranked all these players as? Now, the player they took in the first round, they had him graded as a second rounder, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. They may have heard that over his course, the course of his career. Do you think someone may have told him that, hey, like, Say he becomes an absolute monster. Okay, you know, we actually had you at a second-round grade. You know, the, guy, the tackle out of Tulsa might become a guy. And we're very, you know, hopeful of every guy becoming a guy. But every passing day, it's feeling like Bill Belichick oh with Cole Strange. What? Oh, no. It's trending. The internet's questioning it. Dr. Strange is trending every day. and it's What about, it, like, conspiracy theories or just what? Uh, it's normally one-on-ones from Senior Bowl. Yeah. It, it, there's oh, a, I haven't seen any of that. Oh, oh somebody put together an entire cut-up. So every, there was like... Um, this poor kid. Dude, this poor kid. Yeah. This poor kid with McVeigh and <laughs> Steed and then, you know, Shanahan's even talking yeah. about him. Uh-huh. Belichick's drafting by every, you know. He can go on to do whatever, but at the Senior Bowl, he had a couple rough one-on-ones, and they were all kind of put together in packages by the people that were beating this guy in one-on-ones because the... Teams around the defensive nose tackles and D-tackles that were beating Cole Strange, obviously they would all like the world to see that their guy beat the hell out of Bill Belichick's guy at the Senior Bowl when they got an opportunity. This might be a second rounder, a third rounder, a fourth Uh rounder. So they're leaking this onto the internet, this footage. And then somebody compiled all of them into one video. And there is... If you were to show everybody's lowlights in one consecutive thing, I think you would naturally feel bad about the person. Like Clay Thompson, if you watch ESPN yesterday, you think he couldn't shoot. They showed all of his misses. It was like, this guy, worst shooter on the planet. 
That's what's happening with Cole Strange right now. Bad play after bad play after Sounds bad good. play after bad play is hitting the internet. And it's because it's the other guys that had success against Bill Belichick's guys are very happy about yeah, it. Yeah, and because he's a Patriot, definitely, I think, plays a factor in it, too. But Bill's going to get his paws on him. He's going to figure it out. You know, he's going to be playing next to two unbelievable players. And let's keep in mind, this, this is a one-on-one. We're, we're talking 11-on-11 11 11 football. I don't care what happens on a 1v1 versus D-tackle. I care what happens on 11-11 versus D-tackle. I understand that some, you know, drills aren't necessarily set up for everybody to have success, but one-on-ones have been happening for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> long, long time. Here's the I thought the rest of their draft was questionable, too. Well, that's yeah, because right. I think... They're wrong. I don't know if Bill has a scouting department. It's just whichever pro days he makes it to. <laughs> like, he went to, he went to this Be- one on the road. Before you run... Are you going to be able to run? Okay. Yeah, I mean, that drill is not set up for the offense. Yeah, it's an outside run left. Yeah. Oh, that one. I mean, why is he? He's not a tackle. Why is he blocking like a tackle? Exactly. Well, there's him in the middle. Yeah, right? that but, one. I mean, we don't know what that guy's jump is either. Like, okay, there. That's by the way, he got a good pass. That's a good pass. Good rep. Good rep. All right, all right, all right. Enough. I feel bad for this. Oh, that one actually falls right on his face. <laughs> that one that they're about to say. It's not good. There's some things that you, you think to yourself like, oh, this has to be wrong because Bill Belichick mm-hmm. drafted this guy, but I feel like because Bill Belichick, greatest GM and greatest coach of all time, both. Same person. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Greatest GM, greatest coach of all time. Same person. Every decision he makes, we just kind of write off as, yeah, whatever. But also, I think the Patriots fans' expectations of the draft is like, yeah, this is going to be an interesting ride. He had a dog making the picks last year. Uh-huh. I mean, this whole thing is just like, they just have the utmost faith in blind loyalty, right, to the whole process? I, I don't know if everyone does. I, I definitely do. But I think a lot of people in New England, every time this happens, it's, it's almost cyclical every single year. Bill's an absolute madman. He's senile. Then we get to the season and everything that they were saying is wrong and those guys play well. Okay, he's good. Then the season ends and then we're going back into the draft. He's a senile. He's making these ridiculous picks. His dog's picking. He doesn't know what he's doing. So I don't think everyone feels that way. But like that's why it doesn't make sense why these people do it every year because when the season starts and Cole Strange is playing very well. Cole or, Strange is fullback. Yeah, he's yeah. playing fullback. Because oh, yeah. they said he got rid of the fullback position, right? Maybe he did. Maybe it's just offensive linemen that can move because it looks like Strange is yoked up. What if he's running... He's running halfback for them or whatever, and that's what he's thinking about. What is up, Zito? Uh, do you think Bill put this out himself so when he be, becomes a very, very good player, like I told you guys? This is like the doctor oh. that did Carson Wentz's foot surgery uh, that yeah. said his expected comeback time, yeah. 19, 20 weeks, came back in three. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Expectations much lower. You exceed them. You're a stud. That's good, yeah. Good coaching. Connor can correct me if I'm wrong. I think the possession of Bill is he's a great GM in the sense of like free agency and like roster manipulation. I don't think he drafts that well. So. Is it because he doesn't have enough time? It's not It's not even that he doesn't draft well. Like he, he gets good picks, but his top picks are the ones that never do what they're supposed to do. Like his first round picks aren't good. That's why the joke is always like, You guys oh. are always around 32, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always later in the draft. But then the other thing is like, oh, well, he loves his fifth and sixth round picks because he always finds like a gem in those later rounds. Hmm. But Bill Polian, same thing, by the way. Bill Polian hit on first-rounders, obviously. When you look at Reggie, Edge, Peyton, and many others that he's drafted first round. But that fourth, fifth, sixth, I wonder what it is about some people being able to have success there. Or is it all just luck? Yeah. I wonder if it all is just yeah. luck, too. I, I, not not A little bit. that they don't have any skill or talent or anything, but 
If a guy's going to be good or not, I think that's so hard to predict. Well, and it's very rare that Bill pays his first-round picks. Like Chandler Jones was one of the better first-round picks he's had in the last eight years or so. There was no chance he was going to pay him what he was worth when it comes around because in his mind, well, I'll find a guy in the fourth round or, like Nick said, I'll get a guy in free agency who's probably half the price. Is that going to continue to work in the modern NFL? Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Good we'll talk question. more about it tomorrow. <laughs> Won't we? Great. Yes, yes, we will. Bill Belichick, it will. Yes, we will. Mm-hmm. I, I trust the fucking guy. Yeah, me well, everybody does. And uh, a lot of stuff I've seen on the internet, at least, about this Baylor wide receiver they took in the second round was the quarterbacks at Baylor just, like, couldn't hit him, which I feel good about, at least. Hey, just real quick, you guys going to taste sucking Thursday or not? Yeah, if someone lets me know where it <laughs> fucking is, I will. <laughs> not tonight. It's Thursday. Where, where is that? Uh, do you, I don't know. You tell Mississippi, me. Mississippi, I think. I don't know if you guys are going to make it. Down. I mean, I don't think so. I don't know what that would go like. Or go to Kenny Chesney. You know what it goes like. It's in the Don't name. take that lightsaber over there. I think it's a bunch of cows line up. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that'd be awesome. You guys just go yeah, down there. Suck whatever outer you want. Uh-huh. Right. Free it's milk. Titty suck it Thursday. I'll be in Waterloo for sure. Yeah, free. Definitely. Oh, yeah, but easy, they kill dude. the cows in front of you. Let's go to the phones on the 5 Energy phone line. Go to 5 Use promo code MAC for you to receive 10% off your order. Whoa. That's right. Don't forget that there are... So many delicious flavors of Five oh, Hour Energy. Yeah. Oh, There's over 15 flavors to choose from, and we are 125 days away from NFL football. Hell yeah. We, oh. we can take that five hours at a time, mm-hmm. and it'll be here in no oh, time, no especially time. with our friends at Five Hour Energy. Hell yeah. FiveHourEnergy.com. Yeah. Use promo code MACFEE to receive 10% off your order. Let's go to Zeke in Columbia. Is that the country, the city? What's going on, Zeke? Where's the What's going on? Hey, hey, Zeke, what's going on? Are you Elias' younger brother? Uh, no, no, I, I'm just some guy in Missouri. You know what it is. Uh, uh, Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, hey, my, birth, my birthday today, so my gift to myself was to sit on the line all day, and I'm glad I did. Hey, happy uh, birthday! Happy birthday, Zeke! Hey, baby, Zeke, another year, man. Happy birthday, dude. Happy for you, dude. Thanks, Patty. Hey, um, first, I want to talk about the NIL deal, but first... I usually ride with Tone, Steelers fan, but fuck Kenny Pickett. Don't care about it. Tired of the bullshit. Wow. Zeke, bringing a little negativity out there. Holy shit. I know what that means, though. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't seen Kenny Pickett attempt in the NFL yet. He's a Mitch guy, I guess. I saw Julian Edelman laugh at him. Wow. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. Did you see that, AJ? No, what happened? Uh, he was on the green light pod. I think it was the live draft. And he cracked a great show, good delivery. Uh, pissed off a lot of people in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He said, if I'm showing up to a throwing session or whatever, and my quarterback's got gloves and long sleeves on, I'm saying, who, who, where's the next quarterback? Or something along those lines. Hilarious. It was awesome. I enjoyed that he said it. He pissed off a lot of people, though, in Pittsburgh. He I mean, no, he didn't make it as a fucking quarterback. Either, all right. So. All right. Yeah, I'm sure he showed up again. <laughs> See, Bob looked over and saw a five-foot-three white guy. He said, get him out of here. All right. So, <laughs> listen, this is... That's what I'm talking about. Though. That's what that's what happened. I didn't say it. I'm a fan of Jules. You Me too. That. Me as well. Big yeah. fan. Got a chance to hang out with him. The thought, though, that uh, Kenny Pickett could be incredible in the NFL is real. Yeah. The thought that Kenny Pickett could be terrible in the NFL also could be a real thing. That's right. Excited to watch it. Got the moxie. Feels like he's got, got the moxie. Got the moxie. He's been in the building. Mike Tomlin was on with Rich Eisen, chatted about how you know they've seen him mature and develop in that building as a leader and what they're expecting, and they know what they're going to get. I mean, it is. That team needs a quarterback, obviously. Cut Mason. 
All right. Well, see. Jeez. He's a good player, Nick. Yesterday. Cut him. He's a good player. Let's go to Andy in Texas. Poison in the water hole. What? No moxie. Can't have a beer with the guy. Can't do it. Whoa. Why not? Why can't you have a beer with him? That's what I've heard. No moxie. Have you seen him? I mean, it doesn't seem like a guy you have a beer with. Why? I don't Why? Think he crushes interviews. Yeah, you can. I think. I can't picture his face without that dumb look on it after he got <laughs> the helmet bonked off it. And that's just a guy who's impartial. You know? I see that every fucking time I look at his mug. Ty. It's true. Him on Rome, he was unbelievable on that. That surely didn't help. But. Yeah. Oh, Romeo was like, oh, shit. Is he bonked? Yeah. Yep. After he got bonked. That's a great way to describe it. Yep. It's like that whack a mole guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. It really was. <laughs> Anyways, Mason, you know, has not won over a lot of people in Pittsburgh. I don't think that's what you're hearing here. Obviously, the opinions of the others here in the John Deere and the Enzers. <laughs> Do not reflect that of their employer. They're not going to keep three quarterbacks, though. They might. Never know. They what? <laughs> they might. They normally do. Yeah, I mean, then one's going to not. Mason's just going to be there and not dress. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's why there's no Talk reason him. for him. Get lunch and stuff. No, they did draft yeah. another quarterback too. So. Mason's got to be great in the film room. Yeah, he is a film room dog. He's got to be. Got to be. Why else would they keep him around? Why else would they like? Yeah, him? Like, keep him in there. Like Tomlin and Colbert have. Stuck by him, I think, pretty good, right? Well, yeah, because yeah, they took extent. a second-round pick on him. Oh, so you think third, it's just them being stubborn at this point? And since Colbert's gone now and they're doing a second round of uh, the, the, the next GM's going to be like, okay, well, it's no longer like your fault anymore. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> See ya. That's interesting. It does feel like Mason is destined for Detroit in some aspect. Let's go. That'd be yeah. awesome. Hey, Detroit's uh, turning around. Yeah, right? Can go yeah. to Jameson Williams. We still got Drew Blau back there and TB12 at the backup. Hey, Drew Blau was a Thanksgiving sensation. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he was. He was slinging it. All right. Let's get to a break. 21 hours or so. Hammer. Dad. We'll be in 15, 20 minutes. Can't thank you all enough. I think we're going to Germany. Hell yeah. <laughs> when is that game? November 13th. Sweet. Hold Who's on. playing? Uh, Tampa and Seattle. 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 Oh, good game, too. Drew Great Law. game. I think we're going to try to go. We have to. Have I've to. never been to Germany. You come won't either. Yeah. You won't come, AJ. Are you, yeah, are you able? You won't if come. You're, are we going to actually set it, set it up? I, I would assume since this is international, we're, it's are one we of the things we're actually set it up playing. What's your guy? fucking deal? Hey, just like the deal? draft. Check the date. Dude. Yeah, dude. November huh? Talk. I will. Absolutely. I would love to go. Okay, cool. We're going to try to set this up and make this uh, a full thing. Yes. Everything I talked about the NFL should be doing yesterday, I think we should try to do whenever we go over there. It is, we're very lucky to be a part of this uh, NFL steward community. That's right. And the analytics tell us that a lot of people watch in Germany and in surrounding areas over there in Europe. So it's like we should at least go over there, especially with Bjorn Werner being there, mm-hmm. you know, and like, yeah. you know, a little bit of. Uh, I got some family. A lot of my family came from there. I want to go. Hawk. Uh, yeah, you can go stop by your place. I don't know how long we're going to be there. I don't know if this is going to be a tourist thing. I don't know, AJ. I don't know if it's going to be there. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not into the tourist thing. But it's a great city, though. I've been there before. I'd like to rent a little Vespa, though, and cruise around. Okay, yeah. Small roads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Small roads, be able to bounce around. Should be good. Should we go for like a week, though? Since we're, I mean, you might as oh, well. Oh, just might as well do like a radio road. Yeah, might as well just we're do. We're going to fly eight hours. Bayern Munich. Munich. See the lads. Might, might as well eight do hours? like a Monday to do Monday. Do they play then? Will they be playing then? Oh, yeah. Could go to a Champions League game. We'll That'd go to a soccer sweet. game, really? We should do that. European I've never been. Vacation. I would, I would like to go to oh. PMS German vacation. Bring the Vuvuzelas. Vuvuzelas. <laughs> Guten Tag. Whatever it is, you got. I don't. I still don't know how to Nine. do one of those. 
I know they're very loud. I have no idea how to do it, though. Oh, you tried? I've never had one. I grew up in the soccer community. I mean, there was Vuvuzelas everywhere. Yeah, those are good. Isn't that World Cup time? Those guys aren't going to be playing. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They ain't going to be jack shit over there. Actually, we're going to be one of the United States. Let's go to let's go to Cutter. <laughs> well, the NFL is not going there. If the NFL plays a game there, we'll World Cup though, sure. right? Yeah, but that's not really our thing. All right, yeah, it's football. We, Shit, I'm a little disappointed. I want to see what that outdoor air conditioning is like. I think we should be the authority on the soccer, but for some reason, it just hasn't caught on. Oh. So we haven't become the authority on the soccer. But I'm trying. Once it happens, we'll go to the World Cup. Like, yeah. Maybe the next one. Yeah. In there the United States. States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll go to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we certainly go. go. Yeah, we'll, we'll travel to the next we'll one. Why not? Look at us, dude. Fuck it. 2026. Here we go. World's game. That's the goal. That's the goal for 2026, for us to be the authority on the soccer. Hell yeah. yeah. We'll get there. All right. If we go, like, Saturday to Monday, too, in Munich, you could watch the entire Sunday slate. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to stay a week after the game? No, 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 no. No, no. no. no, no. no, no. We, we got to figure this out. We have to do this, though. Feels like we should do it. Yes. Let's it's live. Dunkle. Let's live. Let's live. Here we go. Experience a Put lot. It's got to be a soccer game close. Had that, dude, practice. literally the square there. I was uh, in Munich. The Hofbra House. Hofbra House is there, the original. And then there's like a bunch of bars. It's like a square area with uh, good food. And then right up the road is where uh, Bayern München play or whatever. It's like <laughs> and that's where the game's at, right? Distance. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think so. Oh, that'd be incredible. Got to do it. All right, sweet. Let's go plan that. Let's Here we go. go. All right, somebody go plan that. Let's figure <laughs> yeah. out how we're going to do that. We go. We should do that. Call a travel agent. All right. I don't know if those jobs even exist anymore. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, especially with the whole thing. I mean, Shit. yeah. You gonna call somebody? Hey, can you make me a flight? Hey, well, I'm not gonna do that. that no. If you have to, if it involves your travel or your stay, you should be involved because whoever's scheduling it for you does not have to go through whatever you're gonna have to go through. That is just a little lesson I've learned through my travels. And, uh, and I understand it might be a little bit more, but we will definitely have hands-on conversations about the flight, for sure. Yeah. Hands-on conversations. About and the where flight. we're staying. And you, you've already been there, too, so we have a little bit of uh, experience. Uh, I mean, listen, <laughs> do not bank on my knowledge of that. <laughs> it was a little gray over there. It was, uh, it was a good time, though. I know the people would be very nice, and uh, obviously it would be an NFL celebration. That's cool. All right, so let's get to playing in that. Let's enjoy that. The NFL season is? 125 days away from today. And we'll <clears> cover it. Every Monday through Friday up until then. Hopefully some more shit happens. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Shout out to J.J. Reddick, Ross Dellinger, and the Rupper for joining us. A.J. Hawk, you're fantastic. Boys, great job today. Thank you to all the callers. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Hammer Don is in about 20 minutes at YouTube.com forward slash Hammer Don. See you then. Bye.